Hey, Connor Lestoka here on 372 pages, We'll Never Get Back, where Mike Nelson and I are about to conclude reading The Martian by Andy Weir. <laughs> oh, no, we're not. Artemis by Andy Weir, the follow-up to The Martian. Whoo! Whoo! I was reading the wrong book this whole time. <laughs> I uh, feel bad. I was just thinking of the several emails we've received that it said uh, this week that were had in defense dot 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 in the uh, subject line some of them were in defense of the martian in defense of andy weir and so mm. when when yeah that th- those weighed heavily on my mind i was I tossing mean, and turning and it's oh. not quite too hitler had some good ideas <laughs> but you're hanging yourself out there whatever follows in defense of andy weir had better be some pretty strong medicine yeah, we had discussed those those three people who who stuck their necks out before when we announced the book, saying, "Hey, this is a good book," and they've been uh, they have turned tail and ran. They've taken Radio a, assume, assumed identities in Argentina. <laughs> yeah, they've. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll get to those emails if we can. I think. But uh, okay, I, we, we got to address. This is the final episode of Artemis, the elephant in the room, which is that. You ever like see something and you're like five years ago or like my grandfather, these words would have been utter gibberish to, to him or to me five years ago. Like we talked about it a couple a couple weeks ago, you know, Livy rising up baby Gronk or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, the drip king getting milkshake ducked. Those are sort of things that you'd be like this. This is gibberish to me five years ago. Yes. How about the sentence? Flat cap Bleriana Chekhov's condom. <laughs> Could you imagine uh, telling yourself that in, in five years, like those words would make perfect sense to you? Yeah, that really sounds like, um, you know, variety in the old day, trying, trying really hard to make something, uh, you know, snappy and incomprehensible yeah. to, the, uh, to the average person. Geeks freak at rom-com tweaks. Like- Sticks, nicks, picks, flicks, or whatever the hell that one was. But that's the uh, that that no reason to lead with anything other than that is that the the mythical Chekhov's condom that was such a prominent part of the book, uh, not mentioned at all in these final three chapters, given the old uh, Blariana treatment from the Mister. To be honest, it was the only thing that drove me toward. Well, it's not the only thing to, that drove me towards the end of reading it. Like what? How many pages? <laughs> Scanning down, like, I don't think it's going to happen. There's no way. Exactly. The uh, character does appear that gave it to her, that she has evidently some sort of, you know, romance planned with him, but it's not even winked at in the final moments of the book, especially even though she she punctures a hole in something that, you know, based on all the fanfic we got in the first episode, I don't even think I used it because it was seemed so obvious. She didn't even plug a hole with that. So, no. It's, Terrible. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll get to all that, but I, I bringing that up though that that sentence, I did want to share the first email we received this week, which came in from uh, Janelle, who says that she had some Amazon credits to spare, and I don't even know if you were aware of this, but there is a uh, uh, she bought the the digital version of the Missus, the sequel to the Mister that I guess came out this week. Oh yeah, I think we mentioned it on this. Yeah, yes. We but then she she so she opened that up and indeed an immediate ki- uh, Kindle digital search for this, and uh, <laughs> it appears Blariana is mentioned eighty five times in the uh, in the in the version of the missus in the Kindle what? version. What? 
He kisses her forehead. Good, unbidden, an image of Bleriana, one of the girls trafficked with Alicia, comes to mind. Wow. Oh, Zot, Bleriana was only 17. Uh, an image of Bleriana crosses her mind again. Chapter 12 is just called, uh, I think it might be called Bleriana. Sweet young Bleriana is outside the locked doors of the ornate reception hall. What? There's a chapter called Bleriana? <laughs> <laughs> not not Bleriana's bucket, unfortunately. No, of course not. We're not. She did not search for bucket, just Bleriana. But that one might be a dream sequence where she's haunted by, uh, you know, the Bleriana. So uh, that's all Janelle sent us was like the first uh, like six mentions of her in this book. But uh, we're led to believe she might be reappearing. So we might have to redefine that term. Wow. I, you know what? I forgot also. Uh, I should be using the term Ozot more. I forgot yes, to do that. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the uh, the Fax King might have to update its section on, on getting bleary on it to mean uh, not mentioned for the first book, but making a shocking you know, reappearance in the sequel. Uh, do you think that uh, that just haunted the author, maybe? Yeah, I can't imagine that a lot of people, that was their main complaint with the book. I have to imagine that was only us and our listeners. (laughs) Somehow it uh, got a little wedge in there, though, tossing and turning, looking at the alarm clock, 2 o'clock, 2 a.m. again, Bleriana, Bleriana. Or her editors, like, I told you, I told you you could have just mentioned a 17-year-old girl with a bucket. These idiots pointed it out, and now everyone's making fun of you. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Okay. So, you know, if there's ever a sequel to Artemis, that could be, uh, she, the book starts with her pulling it out of her pockets and, uh, um, finding a use for it somewhere on the moon. But we've Mm -hmm. got a lot of ground to cover before we even get to the sequel. Yes. Um, what's the current status of, uh, of this plot as we enter chapter 15? Um, well, she, our, our heroine, Jazz, uh, the uh, former uh, conservative Muslim is uh, on her second sabotage run, <laughs> right? A repeated, yes. a repeated beat. Instead of sabotaging rovers, she is now sabotaging smelters. Yes. Which is, I think, the natural progression as you... I believe Ocean's 12 was smelters. Yeah, that was the uh, um, and Andy Garcia's smelting plant. Right. A little step down from the Bellagio, I would say. <laughs> So she and this lovable cast of characters, I mean, they're just lovable, right? You got oh, your Bobs, your Dales. Yeah. Your, your Phobos. T- Tyler? No, Tyler's the other. Oh, Tyler's Dale's boyfriend. Tyler's boyfriend, yes. Yeah, and, and um, her, her father. And they're all sort of monitoring this remotely as she approaches this smelting plant. Um, and she has actually sabotaged it at this point in time. She's... She's um, welded a skirt over it. Sure, there was an intense <laughs> welding scene, which continues to pay off in this one. She's installed a fake uh, monitoring panel that will circumvent the like thermostat of the whole thing, so it will continue to uh, ratchet up and up and up uh, as like copper fuses out, and you know fa- the fail safe she's welded shut as well. She's welded something, yes, over the copper fail safe, um, the thing that would melt and turn off the smelter. Yes. She well, welded something over that. <laughs> so she's doing welding. this all in the service of, of obtaining a million slugs, which one of our listeners calculated was maybe $80,000 mm-hmm. um, because she really wants her own apartment. So she has the, you know, the goals of a, of a 25-year-old who's sick of his roommate, like leaving uh, 
uh, pizza boxes on the table and, and, and kicking the bong over onto the rug. So that's that's her main goal is to move out into a presumably still kind of crummy, like a uh, one-bedroom apartment with his own shower. So that's right. why she yes. has uh, undertaken this this massive operation. Yes, she had one of those roommates that, uh, you know, leaves just too many notes around. <laughs> hey, don't want to be a pest, but found crumbs again, that kind of a person. Yes, so yeah, or like, yeah, that you, you notice they're like, you know, doing some weird like folding of their toilet paper and leaving it in the in the toilet unflushed. And it's like, is this something people do? <laughs> like they, or toilet paper origami? But uh, so anyway, she's, yeah. she hasn't enlisted, enlisted this crew of people. And I don't, I've... Haven't really thought about it, but they never discussed if they'd share the money with them, right? I think Dale they all, was just they, like, I want to get just, a beer, but... She does a uh, a cri de corps to them about, like, how much do we love Artemis? Oh, right. You, you know you have to do this because um, there might be some gangsters headed on one of our meat trucks or meat ships headed this way. So who's in? And they all do like Agincourt, yeah. And no one goes, how much? Right. Yes. I mean, I think the one guy said, you know, I'll have a beer or something, and she's there like, oh, I'll never do it, never, ever, ever. Let me buy you a beer. I'll do it. I'm in. Yes. Uh, yeah, because there are there are uh, Brazilian gangsters heading this way too, yes. very gradually um, to uh, to sort of take over the um, mining and smelting operation. So that is the that has really made people leap into action here. Gangsters who I believe have two names, O Palacio. Okay. And then there's another, the name of the company. And I get those can, or something. I don't know. Anyway, I'm confused about that. But right, doesn't matter. It's a, uh, it's a red herring. Well, the important thing is, is that Loretta Sanchez. <laughs> Loretta Always is, the full name. Always yes. the full name. <laughs> is very much uh, still in the smelting plant. And so Jazz has gone back to... Uh, like I guess try to try to pull her out of there because she knows that it's about to explode, which I think you know Loretto probably thinks that as well since she's in there trying to fix it and has uh, evacuated everybody that she works with into a uh, escape train. Yes, and they've uh, they've dumped chlorine gas in there to circumvent the. I think Some, yeah, somehow they chlorine that, gas was what made everybody evacuate so that the thing could explode because they were um, you know they're not trying to kill innocent people they're just trying to destroy this thing so they can uh, take over the, the smelting operation. So the 16-year-old girl can take over the smelting operation. Yes, yes. <laughs> so they're uh, inside the smelter, I guess. Again, physicality is not one of his strong suits here, describing what... Uh, but uh, she looks back into the smelter, and there Loretta Sanchez is in it. <laughs> so she returns, and then we get... Um, this one was, uh, I think, real or fanfic. Uh, how does one introduce herself in a situation like this? I don't think Emily Post covered saving an enemy's life during industrial sabotage in her etiquette books. Uh, here's a little bit of trivia. When was Emily Post born, do you think, Connor? Oh, brother. Mm, 1898? Ah, this, that's a, a very interesting guess. 1872, <laughs> 26 years before... Garrett P. Service. Wow. Oh my Edison's God. Conquest of Mars. So that is old as hell. So, uh, you know, good on uh, people on the moon 
uh, keeping Emily Post alive. Man, so what, I mean, I've never even really thought about what her etiquette must entail, but it must just, again, like be like reading the, you know, baby gronk milkshake duck type of language, just describing situations and and politeness and salad forks that you've never even heard of. Exactly. Salad forks we can't even dream of. I, I do know that my, my beloved wife will sometimes compliment uh, someone's china. Okay. <laughs> and then she will pick it up and look on the other side of it, which seems scandalous. But she always says, you know, Emily Post says this is proper. But as long <laughs> as when you look at the bottom of it, you say... Oh, lovely. Or so, as long as you compliment. It. Oh, so it's exactly that. It's things that are, <laughs> you know, if you want to inspect the bottom of your host, China, that's he yes. is serving you, uh, uh, you know, uh, caviar and crumpets on, like, you yes. must do this. Wow. Yes. Incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. That's my only knowledge of Emily Post. When examining uh, the, the snooker table of your hosts, uh, it's impolite to chalk the... Uh, cue unless you're facing south that's uh <laughs> go ahead reach in to the uh inner band of their pants pull out the underwear label uh, check it out as long as you compliment it, <laughs> all yes. will be okay mm, fruit of the loom yeah it is impolite to bring up topics such as the teapot dome scandal or the holly <laughs> smoot tariff at dinner unless you've been served the first round of dry sack that's <laughs> yes don't talk about tulip futures please it only disrupts the digestion <laughs> well right. uh so she emily post has not weighed in on this but we do get some um repartee that she would probably approve of because dale is like objects to jazz going in there because he says are you out of your mind going back to save him these people tried to kill you jazz and her witty rejoinder is Whatever. <laughs> so, so she's either like snapping off uh, one-liners and quoting Emily Post, or she's uh, just a, a a teen sitcom girl. So, she's well, L- Loretta Sanchez, I, I'm sure appreciates the uh, Emily Post thing, or would have had she spoken it out loud, because she says. Um, you're the hooligan who ruined my harvesters. Yeah, I said, and I'm the hooligan who sabotaged your smelter. Hooligan? Yeah. What are you, what, a striped shirt and one of those, like, black masks on? And speaking of, a flat cap? Like, right. Uh, yeah, it's because she's, she, Loretta Sanchez keeps saying, like, it's her l- little bit, like, Jazz will be like, come on, you asshole. And she's like, language. So, I mean, <laughs> she would appreciate probably the Emily Post thing because she's the one character on the moon who might still be uh, ascribing to her tenets. But um, she really is a uh, uh, wealthy dowager with the uh, opera glasses, it seems. Yes, and the, uh, I, I think I had a, uh, like, an eighth grade teacher who used to, you know, like, just shut up and study, you know, and would, like, mm-hmm. sleep hungover and stuff, and then <laughs> someone would make a noise, and he'd go, like, what are you hooligans doing? <laughs> and it would just cause us to laugh uncontrollably, like, oh, stop it, you. And then, you know, some old-timey insult that was, like, it, it just kept rolling, you know, like, yeah. you, you still laughing? Yeah, the, uh, the, the true fans of uh, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas will know that Mrs. Otter refers to the river bottom nightmare gang as hooligans and that is so that's the level of what i'm thinking of here there little uh, mild vandalism of a of a music store or something is what she's what she's talking about here uh and then we of course we get the uh 
promised uh, from fanfic uh, or real the Gorn Captain fight in the smelter. Oh my god! With with Loretta Sanchez. Yeah. Um, she kicks that one off by saying, "You don't want to mess with me, Grandma. I'm half your age, and I grew up in this gravity." Which is the uh, not the only time a character reminds another one about this gravity in this section, which is delightful. Oh God, I've I started to note them, and I, I I have nothing to say anymore. What is there to say? Yeah, it is just saying, you know, like, uh, hey, like Mike, we we both have been breathing oxygen our entire lives, so we're going to be better than this fish man who just crawled out of the bog who hasn't been able to do it. Um, but yeah, wow. I, but Loretta, by the way, she kicks it off by saying, uh, uh, and I assume she has to like sort of screw the monocle into her eye as she does and, and you know, lightly clutch at her pearls. And I used to mug men twice your size. <laughs> Grew yeah, up on she, the streets of Manaus. I don't know where that, I'm sorry. I don't know but where that is. Manaus, yeah. And I assume it's, is it Brazilian? Is that where Brazilian, she's Brazilian, yeah. Brazilian I mob? think so. Yeah. But yeah, she says, uh, I mean, and it, it, she she goes from Margaret Dumont into pretty much uh, Ronda Rousey immediately by just like slamming her head into the ground by her hair, uh, you know, straddling her to punch her like Ralphie. And she says, yeah, it turns out Manaus is a much tougher town than Artemis. This woman could pummel me in a fair fight. So she essentially just like uh, uh, rips off her air mask. You know, the woman she has just gone in to save, um, which... I, I went back and looked at it. She's fumbling with the dangling mask. I don't know that it ever, like, shows her putting it back on, but that's just, that's not the sort of thing you expect from Andy Weir at this point in time is consistency no. in these action sequences. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure that many of you, uh, when you, you know, uh, read this fight, were thinking of that uh, also, another literary thing would be from um, uh, where Bob Barker fights uh, <laughs> Adam Sandler. And, where, this is unexpected, is what I'm yes. saying. Yeah, the, yeah, because it is. It's a, uh, a a dignified old woman who's now turns into this thing. Which and, she says but, she's like fifty, right? It's like look, grandma. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Give me, right. give me a couple more years. <laughs> well, yeah, and it, the uh, that's a good comparison because Happy Gilmore is essentially like on the sort of like intellectual uh, level of um, of jazz here in terms of the zingers he's throwing out. You know, writing his. Uh, his golf club like a horse um, wanting to touch the hiney. That's pretty much her general <laughs> vibe as well. Oh, uh, someday I'll produce that. Oh, maybe it got ruined in my, uh, I had a uh, water come into my storage unit on a second floor in the middle of winter. Someday I'll tell that story. But mm. anyway, I had the script of happy Gilmore and uh, the, the want to touch the hiney is like in there. That's not an improv or anything that was written <laughs> oh, nice. into the script. <laughs> Why do you have that? Why did you have that? I, I asked for it. Uh, the production company that did the uh, Mystery Science feature film was oh, also wow. doing Happy Gilmore at the oh, same wow. time. <laughs> and so I just said casually, like, oh, yeah, big fan. Can do you get, can you shoot me a script? And they're like, absolutely. And, and it had notes in it and stuff. So nice. Wow. Very exciting, yeah. Oh, that's lost to the ages, though? I, I think it got wet. I'll, I'll check it out. <laughs> um, oh, here's one of those. You just roll your eyes. I ducked and watched her sail overhead. Earthers always underestimated how far a jump would take them. <sighs> stop it, stop it, stop what, what, it. How, what is Loretta Sanchez's Earth status? I mean, she she runs this company, which is on the moon. She's here now. I, I don't know when she got there. I guess 
she's an earther because when did well, yeah when did she come i don't know i, I don't mean know. she said like uh um you tried to kill me so she's been there for the past week it's not like she flew in um on a rush jet after these things oh like, yeah yeah she directed up. The, the rover to uh to kill her yeah so when do you lose your status as an earther you know i don't know maybe it's like moving to uh you know, uh, rural Wisconsin, like, oh, you live in the Johnson house. Yeah, I've been here 35 years. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, you're a flatlander if you moved to Vermont and didn't grow up there. Ah, there you go. <laughs> uh, well, it's not worth, uh, not worth uh, nitpicking it at this point in time because there's there's plenty of other, like, garbage in this section that comes up, such as uh, as they, uh, they, what do they do? They, they get in the car, and she has a plan because they're still attached to it by the inflatable rescue tube. But she's going to yes. try to like snap it off by by going around a rock. Yes. Uh, before we get to that, let me just. This is as close as the you know we've referenced it many times. The Gilligan's Island gag, whatever you want to call it. Oh yeah. Uh, happens. I think this is the the ultimate version of it. I don't think it happens again. You can't just. She stopped. She turned slowly toward the smelter. The lower half of it glowed dark red. Oh my God! She spun <laughs> back to me. Where's that exit again? <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, I really liked the full on. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> Which is only something you do if you had seen it in a movie. But that's uh, that Gilligan's Island joke is on the heels of this one, which I think is a it counts as a variant because uh, it's. Um, she says, I'm the hooligan who sabotaged your smelter. It's going critical as we speak. Nonsense! I designed it myself. It's infallibly safe. The heater's on full. The thermal system is hacked. And I welded a steel plate across the melt plug. Her mouth dropped open. So I think that even though she doesn't really, like, respond, I think that's a full-on, uh, you know, I'm not going in there style. But yeah, I assume that she just left out the sound. <laughs> we do get one of those coming up, I think, from Dale. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so she like rests the, uh, the tube free by driving it across a rock and Dale says, holy shit, that was genius. Uh, yeah, I drove us away. So that's our like a little hero as we approach the, uh, the the climax here. Yes, I I had that too. Um, she also, um, can you do that in Manaus? I yelled. After she had thrown her four meters. Oh, God. That was like two sentences after you just mentioned that you did that. You did it already. <laughs> yeah, but not on Earth gravity, which is different than the moon's <laughs> gravity. Um, but and throughout all of this, too, the uh, the author can't help himself but sort of interject this, the, uh, the science slop that is, his fans are here for. It says, the muted rumble, as everything goes up, uh, lasted less than a fraction of a second. It was one of those sounds you feel more than you hear. That was loud, Sanchez said. No, it wasn't. Dale pried her arm off his shoulders. I could barely hear it. So this is as they're driving away from this explosion they just caused. Um, he saved her from chlorine gas or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But this is the conversation they're having. She's right. I kept my eyes on the terrain ahead as I drove. That sound traveled through loose soil, up through the wheels, and into the cabin. The fact that we heard anything at all means it was loud as hell. You liking it, folks? Yeah, is that uh, who's that who's happy about that? Raise your hand if that makes you happy. <laughs> and Jen, she's proud of her weld holding up the uh, against the explosion. And he says, "Seriously, you're going to brag right now? I'm just saying, hell of a weld. We're so close. We're so, we got so close there. There's an inflatable tube. <laughs> yes. Like there's things so blowing close. up. We got. <laughs> oh man." 
Oh, but, I wonder if it was typed out. Maybe it was crossed out, like, and then he changed it to well. I like to think that at one point it, it was that. Yeah, we got to get the, the rig cut of Artemis. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, would that change my mind? Uh, 80,000 words into this thing after we've made fun of it for five episodes? It would it would give it a, a little point in his favor. I yeah, that's say. that's true. That's it, it's a big a big point in his favor. I, um, here's my question: Is Andy given all the the uh, aphorisms that come up here, and the uh, is is Andy Weir when he's writing for Jazz? Does he picture that she's a sixty five year old gym coach with uh, with those shorts on that kind of, you know the ones that go up too high and uh-huh. the, the what are those called? Oh, we used to have a name for those anyway. Yeah, gym coach shorts. Yes. Uh, because uh, here's what sh- uh, Jazz says to Loretta Sanchez, full name. Bullshit, I said. Your nose is so far up O Palacio's ass, you can see teeth. <laughs> First of all, I, I absolutely, that is disgusting, loathsome, <laughs> gross. But but also, 20, 21, 23 year yes. old? Uh Conservative Muslim is saying yes, that. That's <laughs> There's a common expression around her home. <laughs> right. Uh, maybe the uh, maybe the pedophile taught her that. Who knows? Uh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kelvin yeah. Kelvin writes it in his letters to her. I think you get a lot of that stuff in these books, just like ex- expressions, um, just like that one. So far up his own ass that you're, you know, you're kissing his tonsils or whatever. But like this, I. I, I People just don't say it, you know. It's 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 a movie expression. It's a book expression. Um, yeah, it's yeah, like your your uh, ass or your mouth is writing checks that your ass. Yeah, exactly. That kind of stuff. Like no one has ever said that. If they would, <laughs> everyone would turn and go like, again, office space. Like no man, what? shit, no. Just walk and wordlessly slap somebody. <laughs> yes. Well, speaking of things that just you hear all the time in real life, here's Loretta Sanchez. She's upset and says like. Um, uh, she's defending her involvement with Opalacio, the mob. She goes, they do their thing and stay out of my way while I run my smelter. A smelter I poured my life and soul into which you just destroyed, you reckless pile of exudate. And then Jazz says, don't think I won't look that up. Which, you know, I had to look up. It's a mass of cells and fluid that is seeped out of blood vessels or an organ, especially in inflammation. So sort of like, you know, pus and stuff is what, yes. what she's calling her. A pus bag. I, I I couldn't help but picture because we just recently did it. Cobra, uh, Sylvester Stallone, like pull it, maybe pulling the match out of his mouth as he says, "Don't think I will look that up later." <laughs> like this is just not an exchange human beings have oh. outside of Stallone movies. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because she's still driving. You know, she's driving the uh, Moon Rover over the uh, over the surface. You know, to try to race back to save everybody. So. I think it's some of the worst. This just section had some of the worst dialogue we've read on the podcast, like during this escape sequence. Like, um, yeah, I, well, I keep writing. Or I'll, I'll give you an example of it. And uh, this, I just keep writing. Defenders, <laughs> uh, you, you ready to defend this? Sure, I'll, you gotta I'll put I'll yourself out in front of it. Yeah, listen, assholes. He said, "I'm too gay to enjoy this cat fight. Knock it off, or I'll bash your heads together." Huh? You guys, gonna defend that? You liking that? Is that making you happy? I I mean, to put that on, uh, to defend, I'll put my flat cap on. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, 
only encountered gay people in movies, so that seems like something they might say. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've never been in a stressful situation, so I, I assume this is how people would react during them. And, I've been uh, watching a lot of Sex and the City recently. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that there's your defense. And then to defend this one, as the very next line ever, what you read is, Language! Sanchez resumed, dialing her gizmo. What is this character? It's an awful tick. It's an awful catchphrase. It's an awful book. That's all I have to say. Oh, speaking of that, something just reminded me of it. We have to bring this up uh, towards the end. But uh, you and I had a couple facts that we want to add to the string board. Oh, just yeah. some strange things that came up. And I, I just didn't note them in my notes. So put a, okay. put a pin in that. Got it. Yeah. I think uh, a few people have wrote in with a few more of their own. So. Okay, good. I'll, during that section, I have a couple things to add to the board. Okay. Um, well, this might uh, be something to add to the board because it might be the first mention of this uh, specific body part in the 372 book. As they're bickering and he's as he's watching their cat fight, he says, uh, he kept a wary eye on me. Somehow he assumed I was the aggressor just because I wanted to claw that bitch's eyes out and shove them up her, her urethra. Ugh. <laughs> Oh, thankfully I I skimmed over that or, or didn't uh, note it. Oh, oh yeah. God. All you could just say is, "Sir, please." <laughs> um, and that I... was during this, um, where Dale drove at breakneck speed back to town. As we approached the port of entry, we could see the train docked. Uh, are there times he didn't drive at that speed for any reason? Like, is there a speed limit or something? Like other times, he's like, I don't know. I'm just going to lollygag. There's no reason to not, right? Yeah, it's not I like mean, it's I can't a... think of why you would limit your speed at any other time. Sure, you... not, there's not a nice day where you just put on, you know, some some tunes and crank the window and just sort of cruise to see if, uh, you know, lower your shades at the ladies or the, I mean, the guys in his case. But yeah, there's not, uh, you know, there's no traffic. There's no stoplights. <laughs> You're just going across the moon. But this time he really put the pedal to the metal. Okay. You should do that at other times. I'm just suggesting that. Yeah, so they're driving at breakneck speed because they're unable to get anyone's attention. And I guess they're, like, unclear about how they're going to get into the uh, back into the city. Um, and But what they do is they, they take a look at the train that had driven everyone back, uh, the, the rescued people from the uh, smelting plant. And it says, uh, bodies lay in disarray. Some of their seats, others piled up top each other in the aisle. One had a pool of vomit around her mouth, and then Dale managed to eke out, woo, W H U. And it turns out that uh, yeah, these are Sanchez is upset because it's all their people, and they say uh, you know they're still breathing, but it says it's in the air. Something's wrong with the air. Everyone in the train was fine until the conductor opened the hatch. Then they passed out. So they had docked back at the city, opened the door, and then all this air rushed in from, like, the main part of Artemis and, and knocked everybody out. But they say, like, nobody was, like, trying to get to the exits. Nobody was panicking. It was just where they stood. Like, so it happened instantaneously. It was uh, Pompeii. They all just sort of were in the positions that they were. It just oh my hit God. them like nothing. We get a really good one of those later that is a not an earned moment, but uh, let's, oh, God. Uh, let's, let's wait to that. <laughs> uh, and that is when uh, Loretta Sanchez explains what happened, and uh, Jazz says, her words hit me like hammers. 
I froze. I just plain froze. So <laughs> hammers, those things that famously freeze you. <laughs> I mean, I guess you put them in the freezer for a long time. Yeah, uh, causes then, a little uh, burning skin, like a, yeah, a freezer hit, burn. Yeah, hit someone lightly at the, on the sides of the temple and then hold the hammers there that are <laughs> below zero. I suppose I, they could freeze. I could imagine a, you know, a, a uh, also-ran uh, like Super Nintendo game, like... Where you get the character gets a, a freezing hammer that that oh, freezes yeah. his enemies or something, something in like, you know, Arrow the Acrobat or something. Just like no one played it, but it exists. So sure, hey, yeah. it could be accurate. Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, but so what she's doing after her words hit her like a frozen hammer is she explains uh, what has happened in the air, which is you know some chemistry um but it says methane chlorine and heat will make several compounds most of them harmless but it also makes chloroform dale sighed in relief oh thank god sanchez put her head into her mouth and suppressed a sob they're going to die they're all going to die which i you know credit i think it might be the only funny uh one of those gilligan sort of boy moments uh, throughout <laughs> the book so far because it's he thinks it's a good thing but she just says they're all going to die twice Oh, ooh, it's just chloroform. <laughs> oh, you idiot. <laughs> right. Like if it had been, uh, you know, like any gas you use to knock someone out is probably like, yeah, a trained anesthesiologist knows how much this is going to work. Too much of it is probably not going to be a good thing. Right. <laughs> uh, and she says, like, based on the concentration, uh, the best case scenario is they'll all be dead in an hour. So we get the clock ticking. We get the sort of very similar Ready Player Two scenario, right? There was a everyone was uh, passed out in their spider coffins, and if they didn't, you know, oh yeah, gunt right. hard enough in an hour, they were gonna everyone's gonna die. So, um, the people like the uh, hacky sci-fi authors like these uh, ticking clocks, right? Uh, this one, however, is uh, very convoluted. I I, <laughs> I couldn't follow any of it, but but we did get this little bit of science um, that this. This froze my blood like I'd been hit by a hammer. <laughs> Both the rover outer door and the collet had been badly warped. Both leaked air like a sieve. Oh, my God. That's oh. terrible news. But at least there wasn't any big holes. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's good, good news. I, I was worried there for a second. <laughs> I was worried there were stakes, but there are none. It's fine. Yeah. It's, the uh, whole book has led you to believe that there's airlocks and vacuums that are insanely uh, important to the survival of the city. But I guess leaking air like a sieve is fine as long as they're not big leaks. Big, big holes. <laughs> um, so, and we get, uh, he, he does start playing us out with some of the hits as we get to, to the end of the book, which is, it's, it's nice. You don't, you don't want to just uh, tease things and never mention it again. So we get one final, okay, once I'm in, I'll haul ass to life support. They've got tons of air reserve air. Their emergency tanks will open them all. So, yeah, yeah exactly. Golf clap for that the, one. The Thank lighters you, were sir. in the air and he delivered. Yep. Uh, quick sonic challenge. Speaking of um, you okay. know, greatest sure. hits, yeah. I think yeah. we had this one before. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm gonna have to. It's only one word, so I have to spell this. Okay. This is jazz. Okay. It's F U U U U U C K. Okay. I said. Oh, um, and so what has just happened here? Oh, um, a constant so what, leak. Uh, there's, there's a leak, and um, uh, Mrs. Dumont and Dale have just passed out um, to the ground because they like took off their mask and the. Chloroform was in their vessel or something. Yes, and uh, airflow rates are very important here. 
ISRO equalization valves are involved. <laughs> so just put that in your That's, character yes, as classic well. Classic climactic action from a sci-fi novel. Sure. It? Yeah. Um, okay. Fuck. <laughs> well done. Yeah, I think yeah, that's well all right. Like, yeah, I don't. I've never good. said it like that, but uh, I've, of course, never been. Uh, my life has never been replicating beats I've seen in a movie. So I guess right. I've, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, right before that, she's um, trying to open a crank or something, and this is just a, a, something that occurred to me because she says, "I prayed to Allah, Yahweh, and Christ that the like that the door would open." Yeah, and I was like. It's a side note, and it's not important, but there's absolutely no way this character would not have turned into, like, the Wade Watts, like, oh, uh, believe in Sky Daddy much type of atheist, like, <laughs> yes. uh, at this of point. Of course. Like, uh, you know, flying spaghetti monster tattoo type of thing. Uh, so I thought that was just a, a missed opportunity by him there. Also, uh, no, you didn't, is the other thing. <laughs> You're just saying that as a tick. You obviously did not stop and yes. do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that talking about another thing that uh, is, is surprising we never got to was uh, she goes back to the rover. She sees that Dale and Sanjar are completely unconscious. Goddamn. Note to self, don't take the mask off. This was the first note to self we were given by this character. That's a, another missed opportunity by this man. I assume... That's uh, probably something that features in all of his books. Um, the Martian guy wow. must have been taking note to self because he was by himself the whole time. I'm ass- and I'm assuming that's an homage to Dirty Work. Yeah, I you know I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a, a fan of Norm Macdonald, but uh, it would it would make me it's ashamed about that. I would say. Yes, dang it. <laughs> Uh, uh, all right, that's all I have. The chloroform leak started, so she's got to go in and correct that. That's where we are. Yeah, she has 40 minutes left, and she says, if everyone died, it would be my fault. I just had one thing I wanted to note. It was uh, just this sort of you know, poetry as these uh, shocking images unfold across the entire moon. It says, the ISRO lab was littered with unconscious scientists. It was an eerie sight. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was a happy sight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was uh. cheered by it. Well, uh, we don't have any fanfic or anything, so let's just move right on to uh, Chapter 16. Uh, chapter 16, but we, uh, I found another one of those headlines, uh, the bl- Chekhov's condom bleary on it. This one should make a lot of sense to you. Um, tell me if it does. Major players XQC and Amoranth started streaming on Kick, but Pokimane isn't interested. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's I, I try to follow. It's like when I'm... Uh... You know, listening to native French speakers, I, I'm, I'm trying so hard to pull out the words and the meaning. I can't do it. Sure. Yes. What, what, what do you, what does it mean? <laughs> oh, it's just going to get worse, I'm afraid. Yeah, especially as I, I age out of all of this stuff. Oh, man. Oh, oh well. They, they changed what it was. <laughs> yes. Uh, chapter 16 starts not with uh, Pokey Main, but with uh, she needs Rudy's gizmo because it's the uh, skeleton key for all of Artemis. And I, I forget you know what she needs to do. She needs to get into the uh, like valve chamber or something so she can start releasing air. She's going to, I don't know, equalize something or other. Um, and she needs to get Rudy's thing because of that. And as she's going to track that down, we got this little aside, which it's just so late in the game for this, sir. We don't need to... <laughs> We don't need this to happen. She says, Armstrong up four has an open space 
just near the ramps called Boulder Park. Why is it called that? No clue. While passing through, I tripped over a guy. <laughs> I, I had, would you knock this off? <laughs> Two thousands people's lives are at stake. <sighs> Introducing something uh, and immediately dismissing it, saying, I should not have even brought this up when you are the one writing it is a uh, unforgivable, I would say. Unforgivable. Infuriating. <laughs> Defenders? All right, right, we'll get to you later. Yeah, if you, if you, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not of the mind that every word has to be not wasted. I mean, in this book, he's clearly going for either uh, sci-fi action or laughs. Um, but to, uh, to introduce that, I, I, I feel like you, you need to be a bit more judicious. Yes, and this moment reminded me of, it's been a long time since I read it, but isn't there uh, in Stephen King's The Stand there's a, um, a sort of middle section of, of these uh, the heroes having to walk through a tunnel of dead people. Oh, yep, yep, the uh, Lincoln Tunnel, I think. Yeah, that, and uh, so that that is very, <laughs> as I recall, harrowing. This uh, this not so much. Just right. kind of stepping over people and uh, and saying, "Remember, they're not dead." Okay. Right. Yeah. So if, it just uh, didn't have any eeriness to me. It's like, yeah, obviously she's going to save them, so I'm not concerned. Right, that's a good example too. Because if that character had had a size other than like the utter terror he was feeling of walking through there in the dark with zombies and uh, dead people everywhere, that would be a. <laughs> Why do they call it the Lincoln Tunnel? No idea. Oh well. <laughs> oh well. Uh, but then you get this, which is another uh, uh, moment that I feel the Conda book has really earned. Uh, I I tripped over a guy lying on his side and face planted onto a tourist holding her unconscious toddler. She'd curled her body around the boy, a mother's last line of defense. So it's uh, uh, the book with uh, uh, her whore do and uh, all that stuff is really sort of earning these moments of moon poon desperation. Yes. <laughs> uh, when she gets to Rudy's office, she says that something has caught my eye and bothered my brain. Uh, I couldn't figure out what. It's one of those warnings you get with more of a sense of wrongness than anything else. And I, he, he sort of dwells on it for a while, and it just must have taken all his um, reserve to say, not say, I have a bad feeling about this, to quote Stone. Yes. Words, I feel like. Yeah, and it, uh, I thought it was going to be a, you know, put a pin in it moment because she yes. says, it, says it twice, you know. Yeah. So it's like, oh, but there was something wrong. Why? Why is my brain saying that? Like, she should have just had it happen. Out of nowhere, you know, jumps. Uh, what's, what's his name? Uh, the, lefty? Uh, Alvarez. Yeah, Lefty Al- Alvarez. Yeah, Alvarez. And it said, he, he says, uh, but then as I left the office, it struck me. A blunt object to the back of my head. So it's the classic uh, a man walks into a bar joke that she's uh, hit with there. Yes, it's... Uh, Time flies like an arrow. Fruit flies like banana kind of thing. (laughs) God. And uh, so he hits her with a steel pipe, and he's got an oxygen mask because he hit out in the fire safe. Or no, maybe the the cell he was in, the holding cell, was uh, airlocked, I guess. But uh, He scienced the shit out of it. He did. He really scienced the shit out of this escape scenario. (laughs) But so her response, she's just seen a... uh, um, she has 30 minutes to save the whole planet. She's seen a mother cradling her infant in a final act of desperation. And she says, you fucking kidding me? One other person awake and it's you? So I just 
uh, I'd like to have. I wish you got the perspective of what the mother's thoughts were as she um, cradled the baby, being like, "Here we go again." And in the meantime, you know, the the pipe is an inch away from her ear. You know, like, right. oh, thank you for giving me so much time to take another swing at you <laughs> by saying a stupid and useless quip after I hit you. And then they have another uh, cat fight, essentially. Um, I don't know if you have any notes about that. Uh, it was just sort of more uh, um, classic uh, action here. Uh, no, I don't really have anything no. until uh, until it's over. Oh, he om- he almost chokes her out. Is the yes. thing he's choking her with the pipe? He's got it like pressed against a windpipe, and that's when she sort of has this like uh, dental plan. Lisa needs braces moment, which is. You know, you can, again, picture the, the movie equivalent of it, but written in, in text, it's very uh, annoying. It's a darkness closed in around me. If only I had another hand. This is all, all these sentences are on their own line. Another hand. The thought echoed in my increasingly foggy mind. Another hand. Another hand. Too many hands. Alvarez had too many hands. What? My <laughs> eyes shot back open. Alvarez had too many hands. Uh, and it just is revealing that in order to choke her with this pipe, he's put both hands on it and set his air tank, which I guess he had been toting around um, uh, next to him like a... He's a sipping it out him. of a straw like a, yes. know, like yeah. a big gulp cup. He set that on the floor, so she picks it up and whacks him with it, um, and that uh, puts him down for the count. This struck me as one of those worthless, useless, why are you doing this, why are you wasting my time thing that they do in movies where... It's the fight. The heroine or hero is down for the count, and uh, there's a, a knife or a gun a foot away, and they scrabble towards it, but the other person pulls their legs, and they scrabble again toward the thing that will save them. Right. Like, why are you doing this? <laughs> we have literally seen this 10,000 times. You have to have something different from this. <laughs> or the choking, you know, where they're just, you know, their left hand reaching for the rock or whatever. That's exactly what he's doing here. Yes. I, I found it incredibly annoying. Like, please stop wasting my time. Right, especially in a, in a book where it's uh, even harder to convey to the reader what's actually happening. Uh, especially with another hand, period. <laughs> Hard break. Another hand. <laughs> But yeah, he had put his tank down to strangle her, so he's not very smart either, because that would seem like a, something you'd prioritize when you've seen everyone else drop uh, um, unconscious around you. But uh, she says she has 35 minutes less and says, uh, um, nevertheless, with over 2,000 people in town, some were sure to die ahead of schedule. So uh, it, <laughs> it's not like there's everyone's on the same little uh, schedule here because people have different uh, medical conditions, or I'm sure the baby probably is uh, going to die before everybody yeah, else. Right. So, yes. yeah. so that's just uh, important to keep in mind as we, as we move ahead with our quipping. And I, that was where I, I wondered for the first time. I was like, is the is the pedophile X still on the moon? We never really oh, got yeah. a sense of whether he was deported or, you know, once he was beat up, um, whether he stuck around, he's dealing blackjack oh, yeah. at one of the casinos or something. Who knows? Did did Nuji uh, send him to Saudi Arabia? We don't know. You'd think that would be mentioned after they beat him up, but uh, for all we know, yeah, he's just like passed out next to the uh, the craps table or something. Right. And again, as you mentioned, uh, infant on the floor. Uh, she takes uh, Alvarez. She's like, I can't trust that he won't, you know, wake up again or whatever. I handcuffed Alvarez's good arm to the air shelter handle and threw the key out into the hall. You're welcome, Rudy. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> 
<laughs> she quipped to the unconscious Mountie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't hear you, but thank you. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that she's been uh, horny for Rudy at times, so I'm surprised she didn't just, like, you know, go oh. in and... Yeah, you know, take a little squeeze of a peck or something like that. But uh, very horny for him. Yeah, maybe, maybe seeing the the dying baby would would put a uh, would, would would freeze her libido like it had been hit with a hammer. Right, like that hammer freezing stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you pointed out that it gets a uh, a sea hunt reference here as well. Yes, that was my uh, my my string uh, theory here. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fine because this is the moment. I I just forgot what the moment was. Yeah. Um. So. Sea Hunt, I think everyone knows a show. I, I think in the maybe early sixties. Yeah, I, I think it was co-written by Emily Post, maybe. <laughs> yes, from a text by Garrett P. Service, uh, starring Lloyd Bridges, uh, and it was famous for. You pointed out that it was in a movie, so but I think we did it on Mystery Science. He would always lose his air tank, and the Sea Hunt was obviously <laughs> under the sea, mostly. So that would be a great, it would make a great uh, riff track. Oh Nothing God. but underwater Ideal, scenes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he would say, by this time, my lungs were aching for air. <laughs> and his name was Mike Nelson. Wow. So just put a pin in that. Because yeah. when I was a little kid, old guys would say to me, hey, sea hunt. And I, I had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> uh, it was very weird. But uh, uh, at one time, I did meet Lloyd Bridges at the Emmys. And his whole family had a whole table there. It looks like they went to the Emmys like every year. Someone was right. One of the nice. br- bridges was going to be <laughs> nominated or winning an Emmy uh-huh. somewhere. So they were all at a table, and uh, I walked up and introduced myself because we had done a Lloyd Bridges movie as our first ever, or first or second, whatever MST, and uh, oh, remembered, wow. remembered it fondly. And I said, "Hey, my name is Mike Nelson," and he goes. Don't give me that crap, son, or something like that. I've heard that a thousand times. Oh, wow. You then, have? Uh, then Bo and, and Jeff go like, Dad, Dad, no, I think that's actually him. Uh, I don't know how they knew that, <laughs> that I was. I, I don't think he's kidding, Dad. And then I said, you know, we did a, a movie of yours, Lloyd. And he's like, huh? <laughs> I never did that movie. And, and the, uh, Bo and uh, Jeff go, Dad, yeah, that was that one. It was like you went to the moon or something. <laughs> He's like, okay, if you say so. <laughs> it was very fun. Anyway, a great time at the Emmys, Lloyd. Well done. Yes, yes. Anyway, there's a line in here that has to be an homage to... Uh, do you have the line? Yeah, I tasted uh, the bile on my breath but didn't have time to rest. I powered through the obstacle course of bodies. I cranked up the flow rate on my air tank to get more oxygen into my aching lungs. <laughs> there we go. So all of that was to say, obviously, that's uh, put a pin and the string and, uh, and that adds to the string board. Expands even further, yeah. Now, yeah, now we can yeah. loop the bridges into it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I wonder what the end game is for like anyone else who had ever came up to Lloyd Bridges and pretended their name was Mike Nelson. I, that's, for, I don't for that know. to have happened, you know, multiple times for him to be annoyed by it seems like people were probably trying to just like, ah, oh, I'm just kidding you. All right, we had a good laugh. I'm going to move on with my day. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I read somewhere, or no, I think it was in an interview uh, with, uh, it's an old movie, but this, this guy is old. Uh, it was in The In-Laws uh, with uh, Peter Falk. Mm-hmm. And uh, I forget the other guy's name. Anyway, he was doing an interview, and he said, uh, 
there was a line in it where uh, he told him, if you're ever being shot at, you know, run away, serpentine. Okay, yeah. Serpentine, serpentine. And apparently for 35 years on the streets, people would yell at him, serpentine. Oh, my God. And uh, he, would, uh, he would wave and, you know, give the little, huh, huh you know, sniff through yeah. the nose. Thanks. But apparently it, it annoyed uh, – <laughs> It annoyed the other actor so much, Peter Falk, that he was like, what the hell are you saying? Shut up. <laughs> We'd get yeah. very, very angry. It had to be 35 years of hearing Serpentine yell oh at you. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I think at, uh, at some point you'd forget why they're even yelling it at you. It's just something people do. Right. So, yeah, I can't imagine what uh, saying, hey, my name is Mike Nelson to him would, would actually yield. <laughs> If he had just punched you and then the Emmys had kicked you out, that would have been a nice full circle moment. Yeah, that's that's true, yeah. Uh, so she gets in here and we get some more poetic descriptions of uh, the life support room that she has to access with Rudy's gizmo. Unconscious Vietnamese guys lay everywhere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I had marked as a dumb sentence. I way, have but... that as a dumb sentence as well. <laughs> and then uh, she, uh, she, she shoves... Uh, Mr. Doan out of the panel and to look at the uh, main control board. I looked at the air management controls. The writing was in Vietnamese, but I got the general idea. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how languages work? Sure you did. Yeah. Uh, unless it's a, uh, you know, has little frowny faces and stuff on it. But I mean, she says one wall showed a map of every pipe and airline in the system. So, but I mean, I guess she also has a uh, preternatural understanding of duct work here. Right. Vietnamese ductwork. She is a genius after all. It does seem like uh the, the you could you could probably say like listen on the moon this made if if anyone needs to come in here and try to work in this it's got to be, you know, uh, France like has signs have to be in French. I mean sorry, uh Quebec signs have to be in French and in English as well. Like the moon would probably have some sort of order about critical infrastructure. You would think so. You would think so. Yes. <laughs> you would think yes. Okay. Just we have a lot of signs in uh, Minneapolis are uh in eh, three or four languages, you know, and uh, one of them is Hmong, wow. which is the, you know, a Vietnamese uh, huh. mount, mountain people who have, I think, have their own language. Okay. So that's, uh, you know, so you'd think that the Vietnamese guys <laughs> but, would, uh, would, would give us the same. Uh, you often look at those signs and get the general idea. Of I them, get the though, general right? idea, of course, yeah. yes. <laughs> um. Uh, this this I liked that uh, she's like looking around here trying to figure out what to do and says my gizmo rang in my pocket it was so unexpected I drew my pipe ready for a fight which is an interesting reaction to your phone ringing um, I just I've never done that before <laughs> which also come on I mean the pipe by the way speaking of Chekhov's yeah uh, yeah but it doesn't quite qualify because she introduces or he I guess introduces it in the third act and. Right, right, yeah, and it's, it's so going obviously to come going up to again in the third act. So. But, yeah, it really, yeah. So that that's the one thing that does pay off. But it wasn't like something that was. I mean, I guess she in the very beginning was like, "Oh, your suits, you can't pop them," type of thing. But right, um, uh, this struck me as funny. Um, I think she's in communication with Sanchez and Dale. Yeah, they and regained then, uh, their their consciousness somehow through some explanation. Yes, the somehow they uh, prince fighted their way out of it. <laughs> Uh, the tanks are in the triangle between Armstrong, Shepard, and Bean. Meet me at the Bean-Shepard connector. <laughs> that just struck me as funny. You just say where to meet. I don't know why you had to preface that. Right. 
Uh, and it's, I mean, I assume Bean is a, uh, a astronaut or an explorer or something like that. It's just he's it a, one of the astronauts. Yeah. Without it being known, it's a funny thing to. Yes. Um, they are talking about how they don't have enough oxygen. And uh, it, I, I thought this was good, too, because uh, they're saying you know, we do have one chance. Trond Landvik stockpiled huge amounts of oxygen. That bastard, said Sanchez. I knew he was after my oxygen for power contract. You know, rest in peace and all. He was murdered by the mob that I'm in business with. But I, <laughs> that son of a bitch, like, you know, my heart goes out to his child, that dick. Spitting on the ground. Yes. <laughs> I, I understand she's physically disabled, I, 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 but still, you son of a... <laughs> and that, uh, right after that is when uh, Jazz looks over the control board again. Thank God Vietnamese uses a superset of the English alphabet, which is, to, to spoil again, my second dumb sentence of the week, but we're, <laughs> I'm not going to let that one go unaddressed. We're, we're tearing through them. <laughs> uh, this is a, uh, this struck me as odd. Naturally, the tourist airlock was the farthest point from the Armstrong connector tunnel. I mean, where else would it be? I, I don't know. The closest point? <laughs> I don't know. It's just where it is. What the hell do you mean? I don't know what that means. Uh, yeah, I mean, naturally, I guess if you think about the layout of a, the uh, dome work of a moon colony, that's something everyone would assume. Like, that's... Uh, I mean, where else would it be? sarcastically like what i don't know you're writing the book you tell me you're the science person you made it all up and we've clearly established you didn't give it a lot of thought in many places so i don't think anything is natural here sir this is another good one where he's just dumping a lot of weird infrastructure on us being armstrong connectors natural tourist uh vaults and stuff uh and this says so, you know, the clock is ticking 25 minutes till everyone dies, probably less. I plowed through Conrad ground as fast as I could. My home bubble had some of the most Byzantine passageways in town. When you put a bunch of artisans in one place with no zoning rules, their workshops expand to fill every nook and cranny. And that's right before he explains that the tourist airlock was the farthest point. <laughs> And I, I think seeing it now, I mean, after she said that artists uh, aren't bound by zoning rules, which is like, I mean, naturally, but it says, uh, I think it's just a sarcastic thing that where need she needs to go is the farthest point away. Yes, I think it, that's what it means. But it's like, why are you asking me? Why <laughs> Your sarcasm isn't helping me. I, you're asking me? I mean, where else would it be? Am I right? Rolling your yeah. eyes at me. I'm just standing here like, I don't know. I'm just reading the book. <laughs> Well, it, it doesn't stop because we get this type of moment, which is from uh, Margaret Dumont. Um, it's ta- he's he's going to try to put them both in their suits so that they're oh, able to yes. like, go outside or something. Yes. It's taking a while to cram Sanchez into your gear. She's kind of tall. I beg your pardon. I'm 664 centimeters, exactly average for a woman. I'm not tall. Your saboteur friend is short. And then uh, I'll, I'll uh, let you do her next response, because Jazz says, don't stretch out my suit, I said. Don't stretch out my suit. Mm, I'll defecate in your suit. Oh, God. <laughs> this is a 50-year-old engineer, highly paid scientist. <laughs> yes. Was flown to the moon to rescue a smelting operation. Yeah. Just passed out and regained consciousness. Very high-level manager of many, many people in a critical infrastructure. Yeah. I'll defecate in your suit. <laughs> uh, 
that just got, uh, you know, has held down the exclamation key on the note for when that happened. <laughs> it's so out of character and so unimpressive. I mean, uh, keep uh, but then, r- immediately following it, um, I-, I thank Dale for this, uh, reminding us of the stakes. Um, it's a little on the nose, though. Mm-hmm. Sanchez, shut up, Dale said. Jazz, save the city. <laughs> oh, is that what's yeah, I mean, you know, Jazz, I'm going to put uh, that song from Kill Bill, like Battle Without Honor, over the uh, system PA so it sounds really awesome. As you save the city. I had to save the city. <laughs> I knew what I had to do. Oh, the equivalent of please, ladies and gentlemen, remember. This is a double elimination tournament. Yes, but at least you understand why they needed to do that because yes. no one understands the rules of competitive arm wrestling tournaments. <laughs> we all understand that he needs to save the city because many people are going to die. That's true. Um, I just wanted to read this. The, you know, we, we, what did we have? What was the hell of a thing we had? Hell of a weld or something? Hell of a hell weld. Of a, hell of a uh, weld. Yep. But we get this description. Normally you do the shit when the airlock's not venting. You take your time, inflate... And wait for the EVA master to check your seals. <laughs> the pressure in the airlock decreased, so my ball grew like a balloon in a vacuum chamber. That's not an analogy. I was literally a balloon in a vacuum chamber. I crawled forward. It's hard to move in a partially inflated ball. So that may be the closest we get. You must have been, uh, you know, like slowly rising from your seat <laughs> as you read it. Like, come on, come, come on. on. Come like on, you're lo- yeah. like you're looking at a craps table or something, <laughs> or a movie control room uh, as Jazz is trying to save the city, like about to yeah. burst out cheering, like come on, watching the Mars rover land or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> there was a uh, there was a Simpsons meme I saw that just had Homer instead of Mister Plow dressed up as the uh, as some sort of cow, as like you know Mister Cow, Mister Plow, and he's mm-hmm. strutting towards Marge in bed, and I shared it to the three seventy two facebook group and i was like it's a weird thing where this you know i shared this without any explanation and it made sense to everyone reading it who would have (laughs) not not known inflatable uh, fetish content before they started listening to a book club podcast five years ago uh um (laughs) checkoff by the way brings up the uh the pointy stick in your inflatable life support system again so Mm -hmm. just reminding us that the pipe exists thank you yeah uh, By saying, that, generally not a good idea to bring a pointy stick into your inflatable life support system. Yes. I tightened my belt to make sure the pipe was secure. <laughs> Sanchez then butted in, Jazz, save the city. So. <laughs> oh, right. The city. Uh, yeah. And so during this, the stakes are high. I think we've the stakes are well established now. Mm-hmm. My face itches, said Sanchez over the radio. Sucks to be you, I said. We're still doing this. We're still doing this. Could you imagine the uh, the uh, cave divers in Thailand rescuing that boys' soccer team, <laughs> saying that, like radioing that to each other? <laughs> hey, my uh, my my kid. Uh, I don't think my kid made it. Sucks to be you. <laughs> Unbelievable. And uh, add, not to mention uh, one more instance of just like adding this in. Um, she's like you know, rolling across the terrain in her inflatable ball. And it mm-hmm. says, whenever I hit a bump, I bounced into the air, parentheses. Well, not air, but you know what I mean. Oh, God damn it. Stop it. 
Is it, can we? Can you file a cease and desist to a to an author? Like uh, oh, yeah, retroactive? Yeah, maybe we yeah. could get some damages from this thing. I don't know. Have you been exposed to Artemis's shitty science talk? <laughs> Contact me. Right. <laughs> uh, and then uh, soon after the uh, that that exchange, it says uh, Sanchez. She has ten minutes, I think. Sanchez, how accurate is that one hour estimate on chloroform toxic toxicity? Quite, quite accurate, she said. Some people will already be in critical condition. Sucks to be them, lol. <laughs> oh yeah, so she's a she's aware of like the immediate volumes of because she talks about it like you have to mix at a certain temperature and this to create that gas. Mm-hmm. And so, how accurate is it? Like, I don't know. I was running out of a, a smelter that was about to explode. I just said, I said a bunch of crap. I assume yeah, right, that's yes. it. How accurate is it? Yeah, and it happened to be the uh, naturally round number of one hour. Like, uh, Hang on. Let me, I guess, get to a computer and pull up the all the schematics of everything and estimate the... And even then, I'm within several hours. I don't know. Yeah, really. Uh, I mean, where does Armstrong meet Bean? I don't know the diameter of that connector, so it's a uh, it's a hard for me to estimate how quickly it would fill with gas. Um, and yeah. so, not to get ahead of it, but multiple people who say that they are chemists or uh, um, you know scientists wrote in and were like, absolutely not. Nothing about this would be even remotely accurate or possible oh wow i thought that was his uh you know raison d'etre why is he uh isn't that what he the reason you're reading him i mean is to science get your science boner going yeah. <laughs> i don't know it's because you then fucking it's just love all science bullshit. Yeah. yeah that's well you know anyone could write an email to a podcast you know i can you know i expressing this and i didn't bear it but they seem to know what they were talking about and it seemed just as plausible that it's wildly inaccurate and just sort of uh um you know, Neil deGrasse has not weighed in, but maybe we can get him to. Okay. So it is that uh, phenomenon, you know, of uh, there's a name for it, which we talked about it before. I don't remember, but reading the newspaper and, you know, something you know very much about, like, wow, right. this is all wrong. Turn right. to the next section. Wow, this is fascinating stuff. <laughs> I believe I think, every word of it. I think that, yeah, a lot of our, our listeners have had that moment happen with this book. So, yeah. All right. Um, so uh, Dale is like sobbing because he realizes what's going to happen. And what is going to happen is essentially um, she's going to pull a, a Spock at the end of one of the Star Trek movies, right? Yes. Yeah. He goes into the reactor and does the, you know, does the sign on the window. And I have always been your friend. You type ha- of thing. I have been and always will be your friend, Jim. <laughs> but she's just pulling a uh, pipe out of her hamster ball and uh, um, says, yeah, you'll have to... Uh, You'll have to use this to turn the crank, you know, like, you know, you, I'm going to put this through the thing. I'm going to, of course, die immediately, but you can then use it for leverage. It says it probably won't last long enough to turn the handle. You'll have to grab the pipe and finish for me. Ooh, spicy. Um, <laughs> he, he says, but the pipe's inside your hamster butt. Oh, no. And I, I so, sorry he resisted the urge to do one final. Oh, my, my God. God. <laughs> Uh, but uh, this is, I thought this is rather late in the game for, um, I believe the term, it comes from a book, uh, Save the Cat, you know, mm-hmm. about screenwriting or storytelling. Yeah. If you're, you want someone to like your main character, you pretty early on have them do a Save the Cat moment, right? Yeah. But she's doing her, the only decent thing she's ever done. 
at the end of the book. You you can still have, you, you're supposed to know that the person has it within them and then they're a crusty, you know, it's Scrooge or something, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. I gave that up a long time ago, uh, you know. Yes. I'm uh-huh. bitter because someone died, but now I'll, I'll come out of retirement to help you. Right, but she's just was deeply unpleasant from the word go. Yeah, has she had a save the cat moment? I feel like we brought it up with some other characters. Like, was know, it supposed to be the the fire? Was that supposed to be? The... Oh, I guess so. But she was just sort of like obligated to do that. Right, that's like, what they just all do. Yeah, EVA person. I mean, she was trying to get her certificate, so I'm sure she thought that was going to help her. Uh, you know, you had the uh, Tron had the the um, girl who was his wife was killed, so you get a little bit of sympathy for him. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is it. Yeah, but mostly it's her entire character sucks to be you, right? So, yeah. so this not, is just odd that this came up this late in the game. For something that is 100% her own doing, you know? Like, you, 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 if, if uh, yeah. McVeigh had run back into the federal building to save one person, <laughs> you wouldn't be like, I'm giving him some credit here. Like, Jeez. I don't know. Like, what else? Like, that's, it's, the stakes no, are the I, same. I, I, like, I you know, 2,000 people are about to die. Yes. She, yes. Through um, through her uh, sabotage. Right. So yeah, not. Uh, but you do get this, which made me happy. Like I, I just wrote, "I'm glad she's suffering" because it talks about what happens. Um, physics showed up with a vengeance. The, yes. the ball ripped itself to shreds. One second I was pushing on the pipe, the next I was flying through the void. All noise stopped immediately. Blinding sunlight assaulted my eyes. I squinted in pain. The air flailed from my lungs. I gasped for more. I could expand my chest, but nothing came in. Weird feeling. <laughs> I landed face up on the ground. My hands and neck burned while the rest of my body, protected by clothing, roasted more slowly. My face ached from the onslaught of burning light. My mouth and eyes bubbled, the fluids boiling off in the vacuum. The world went back and consciousness slipped away. The pain stopped. So, you know, I, I sort of read these and took breaks between chapter. I just said, I can't wait for the overly detailed yet glib summary of how she's going to survive. <laughs> yes. Not for a second do you think that there is a uh, a chance she might not, even though this sounds pretty much uh, she's done for. Yeah, and, and you can't help reading the the uh, beginning of that. All noise stopped, blinding sunlight. The air fled from my lungs. I could expand my chest, but nothing came in. So, um yeah, that happened. <laughs> That's what the weird feeling felt like to me. <laughs> okay. I don't think that people who are, you know, like currently drowning or burning to death are going like, huh, weird feeling. Yeah. I mean, you know, think about what uh, waterboarding is like. You do that to simulate the feeling that someone's drowning, even though they're like, you know, they they know that they're you're doing this to them. It's still like the most panic-inducing thing possible to extract you know, uh, confessions from from known hardened terrorists, and she's still here being like, uh, <laughs> violate the Geneva Convention much? <laughs> uh, this probably won't speak well of me, but I have been waterboarded. But... Okay, all right. <laughs> all right. Like, uh, oh. uh, I'll, I'll tell the story on a, on a mini. I think you're going to have to, yeah. Yeah. Uh, cabin weekend that got a little out of control uh no it involves a uh a nephew in the military so oh, wow. <laughs> at least there's some connection to it. it wasn't just i'll explain it on a mini sure all okay. right well we've got that to look forward to okay i mean and hey maybe uh, if it sounds good we can do it uh you know re- redo it live that'd be a fun uh... yeah we'll do it live yeah <laughs> 
Uh, and then that chapter ends with the uh, email from her buddy Kelvin, who's just like, uh, they say the whole city's gone offline. I don't know why email will be the exception, but I have to try. Are you there? Are you okay? What happened? And, um, you know, the, the emails, I think we all have agreed, have not really paid off. Was Yeah, was this one necessary at all? I think uh, there were chapters where there were none, right? There were, Yes, exactly. The last so chapter did not have one. What was the point of this? Why did we need this? <laughs> this is helping no one. Yeah, I think it's just because, uh, yeah, that's this is the last we hear from this guy. We can get ahead of that. <laughs> that's another one. Come on. We all assumed, right, that this guy was going to show up and show up or be your love be interest. Says. Or, yep, exactly. Uh, like I go- reached behind me for the pipe, but I didn't have to. It was Kelvin. <laughs> like, nope, he's not yeah. coming. <laughs> I've been a member of the of Opalacio the whole time. Yeah. Ugh. Well, we enter now the final chapter of Artemis, and uh, it does not come too soon because essentially what you just joked about is how the how the chapter starts. It's a, a, a sassy um, that happened. I awoke to darkness. Wait a minute, I awoke. How am I not dead? I tried to say. <laughs> and then the Sonic challenge. <laughs> I actually said. So there you go. Yeah, I would like to hear. Uh, was it Rosario Dawson who did the audiobook? That'd be an interesting oh, thing to oh, hear yeah. she interprets it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they're in, uh, they're, they're with his father and uh, a Doc, Doc Roussel. And she says, yes. it's going to be a painful recovery, but you'll survive. So that was a, a, an unexpected moment. I'm, I'm, I'm relieved. Doc Roussel, who, who comes up a lot, I believe was mentioned before in some sort of incident. Huh. But it really, uh, you know, Old West name there. Doc yeah. Roussel. Like, come on, Sawbones. Yeah. One of my yeah. cowpokes done got kicked in the face. Yeah. Doc. B- bite, bite my leather holster because this is going to really hurt. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> uh, and this was an interesting detail to add in uh, late in the game. It says, uh, my eyes were adjusting. I saw more of the room. I was in a small hospital-like room. I say hospital-like because Artemis doesn't have a hospital. Just Doc Roussel's sick bay. So that seems, you know, a little irresponsible, I would say. <laughs> you know, in the wake of the, uh, the big uh, submersible accident where those guys went down there and, and died this week, like, you'd think that would be something that would give you pause as you went to the moon, that there was no hospital. Right. <laughs> uh, but if you're the author, you could also just say, I awoke in Doc Roussel's sick bay. And sure. I, yeah. No one would go. Was it hospital like? Why didn't you tell me whether or not the room that you woke up in was hospital like? <laughs> I'm very hurt that you did not include that. Yeah. Another unforced error. Uh, uh, and then you know, she people... so she says to um, to Doc, uh, like, how did I, um, you know, what happened? Give me the give me the whole thing. And then uh, Doc Roussel says to. Uh, Jazz, I'm your doctor, so I'll take good care of you, but we're not friends. Let go of me. And I just wondered, where did the friends thing come in? Right. My friends grab me and ask me how everything, like, what? I didn't understand what that meant. I'm your Uh, doctor, we're not friends? Like, I wasn't treating you like a friend. I was asking you, how did everyone in the city die? Like, hey, man, I'm not your friend. Oh, yeah, I think okay. I, that does not follow. <laughs> I think it's a, just a you know her, her being a professional, essentially saying like every I hate you. 
because this was all your fault. This, these were self-inflicted wounds I'm treating. Like yes. I had to because I took an oath. Um, but that's the uh, yeah. That's but the that, that comes later. Like Doctor Cell doesn't like you comes later. So I'm like, oh, okay, that was it then. All right. <laughs> yeah, we're not friends just because you bang too many guys, Jazz. <laughs> oh, right. I didn't even know you were responsible for this. I'm just incredibly uh, judgmental about that. Well, let's let's read about why she how she survived. It says essentially Dale and Loretta Loretta Sanchez saved you. Um, uh, you were out there for three minutes. The human body can survive a few minutes of vacuum. Artemis's air pressure is low enough that you didn't get decompression sickness. Okay. The main threat is oxygen starvation, same as drowning. They saved you just in time, another minute, and you'd be dead. Um, and it says, you have second-degree burns on your hands and the back of your neck. I'm assuming they directly contacted the lunar surface. And you have a pretty bad sunburn on your face. We'll have to check you for skin cancer once a month for a while, but you'll be all right. <laughs> It doesn't really sound like a scenario where you'll be all right as a diagnosis. That sounds like, you know, months to live, maybe. Like, uh, like dermatologist visits are like a, a yearly thing, I feel like. So this sounds like it's really ratcheting up your, your fear of how much this radiation has affected her. Yes, you, uh, your, your kidney functions are at what we call suboptimal, 9%. Uh, you, you barely have, your, your liver is shriveled, of course, from yes. the sun. And, and uh, you, you've lost a, a, an astonishing amount of blood. I don't even know how. Yeah. You know, we, we continue to have to pump blood into your system. Uh, your fluids are not healing. Yes, your, your electrolytes are so askew. Your white blood cell count. You'll be fine. <laughs> oh, that was almost a spit take. <laughs> Damn. Uh, but then uh, she sort of like uh, leaves and lets. Um, does she let uh, Svobo come in? Uh, yes, Svobo. Oh, or, she no, Rudy. Ru- Rudy. Rudy comes in. Comes in. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he says. Uh, you know, just people just start hand waving stuff like take off your suit on the moon. You'll be fine as long as it's not a couple minutes. Uh, if this had happened anywhere else, there would have been deaths. But we don't have cars, so no one was operating vehicles. Yeah. Thanks to our low gravity, no one got hurt falling oh, to the ground. God. And uh, and then she says, uh, "No harm, no foul." Which I think you would just put the pillow over her face right then <laughs> and there. quietly. Yep. Uh, but then he glares and says, three people went into cardiac arrest from chloroform poisoning." All three were elderly with pre-existing lung conditions. <laughs> so that's a fun thing just to tell her. The very first time she quips, that's a good thing to hit her with. Uh, and, and of uh, course, in in the voice would have been, uh, the, if this had happened anywhere else, there would have been death. <laughs> Clasped his arms behind his back. <laughs> did Brendan Fraser talk in the voice when he did the movie? Oh, that's a good point. I don't think so. Huh. Yeah. Uh, but then he, uh, he uh, on top of saying that... Um, and our gravity, no one would fall, he says. Plus, it's easy to carry an unconscious person in our gravity. <laughs> uh, Dr. Roussel is not thrilled with you, by the way. I noticed. She takes public health seriously. I, I don't think that's the way you sum up. <laughs> Why would someone poisoned your entire town yeah. and almost killed everyone where mothers collapsed with infants on the ground <laughs> vomiting? I don't think the description is she takes public health seriously. Yeah, that's like, 
uh, yeah, when, when there's a little bit of a bug going around being like, you know, yeah, use hand sanitizer. That's taking public health seriously. Yeah, I don't think that after 9-11, people were like, I'm, I'm so, this is unbelievable. I'm devastated because uh, I like my buildings to be standing upright. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the the baby that the mother cradled, like she's probably like examining him for lung damage every every week or so. Like it's very likely that he's going to end up like Tron Blandvik's daughter with some sort of severe disability. Like mm-hmm. I'm judging the mom for bringing them to the moon in the first place. It's not a safe place, but. Uh, oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Infant. They're not <laughs> supposed to be on the moon, right? I did say it was a tourist. Uh, I thought that she couldn't come there until she was six. Interesting. Oh, you can bring them but not live there. Okay. Well, her mom must not take public health theory seriously. No, That's, obviously uh, not. I'm the judge. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put one of those signs out in front of my house that says, in this house, we take public health seriously. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, so, she, what's his name? Rudy tries to dig some information out of her about what she was doing, which, like, at this point in time, it really should cease to matter. Like, even if you were out there trying to save a cat, like, you're out of here type of thing. Yeah. I mean, come on. This is, you know, death penalty stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I would assume they would seek it. It's the moon, right? Frontier justice. They have, what, the decency mob or whatever? Yeah. Moral like, brigades. Yeah. Two, they, how two do they not pound on your door? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, you almost <laughs> killed us all. Like, I was basically dead for an hour. Um, I don't, I don't see how she gets out of this alive. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she stonewalls him with that, uh, you know, Aubrey Plaza stuff. You failed the EVA exam, long-term investment. That's definitely <laughs> a lie. Whatever. I'm tired. Like you, you I don't yeah. think that's the attitude to be taking. What was Dale doing with Loretta Sanchez? Maybe they're dating. Shapiro's gay. <laughs> Maybe he's not very good at it. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought that was the slightest bit funny. One of the defenders. Credit where it's due. I mean, you, know, you can't defenders. just brag on everything. There's one Aubrey Plaza line in there that was okay. Okay. But then he, as Rudy leaves, he says, uh, uh, you might want to pack some light clothes. It's summer and so do you here right now. Uh. <laughs> wow. Because Rudy talks like another character on the show that Rudy was on. <laughs> yes. So that's looming over the whole thing, as it rightly should. Um, uh, but then as Faboda comes in, and it, I mean, that was where it occurred to me. Actually, someone, someone uh, ruined the surprise for me last time that the condom wasn't going to pay off. I, I didn't tell you. I didn't try to, to make it happen. But uh, yeah. uh, but I, he, he came in, and I was just like, he's not going to mention it, is he? He's, uh, he just comes in, lets it slide, even though that's all he's mentioned every time he's seen them. I did have the note before we even spoke about it. I I just have I'd like to point out that it is getting late in the game for the con. <laughs> uh, but he does point out that uh, once people woke up, they checked on their neighbors. If it weren't for our tight knit community, that wouldn't have happened. Uh-huh. What, what unites them? Their loose attitude towards marriage, uh. sexual relations, except for you know that one. Having to share a shower down the hall. Uh, the tight-knit community of conservative Muslims, Jews, Koreans, Russians. <laughs> right, who all do different jobs and don't seem to interact much. 
and and she can uh, walk around as uh, you know a uh, the town floozy uh, and everyone judges her because they're so tight knit. <laughs> And pretend to be a conservative Muslim, oh, and, right, and yeah. people don't recognize her. So tighten it. Okay, <laughs> you say yeah. so. This late in the game, I'll it's I'll believe it. Pretty much Christmas River. If uh, Cinnamon had gassed everybody, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. If she had made a, a a pie that had you know strychnine in it, and everyone was like you know essentially on the toilet for three days straight, there would have been. Uh, I I don't think you would get this reaction, which Fobo says. People don't seem that mad. Well, some are, but most aren't. So, yeah, one guy uh, bangs a 14-year-old, gets the shit beat out of him and uh, by the Morals Brigade. Everybody gasped. Uh, live and let live is essentially the attitude. Right, yeah. And uh, Dale goes, uh, hangs out with her dad. And uh, yeah. she's like, what? Yeah, he said, after we woke up, we formed a two-man team to check on my neighbors. It was cool. I don't know. Is he Ukrainian? Yeah. He said after he woke. I don't I'm not going to. Do sure. That's yeah, it. But he's a crazy Ukrainian. Yes. He's uh, very crazy. We formed a two man team to check on my neighbors. It was cool. He bought me a beer afterward. So during this time, though, he, what did you do when he was stopping to kneel towards Mecca and bowing <laughs> down and and praying? Did you, you were just kind of nursing your beer? And going, look at this crazy cat over here, man. <laughs> I think he was probably doing like, you know, like a uh, Roy Scheider's son in Jaws. He was doing like imitating the movements, you know, like kneeling right. down next to him as in the goofy, uh, Borretti kind of way. And then the dad is like, would you put stuff? We're doing that. Yes. I am nearly to Mecca here. Right. Uh, but he says, uh, he says, um, there was a lot of engineering failures. People are asking questions like, why aren't there detectors in the air pipeline for complex toxins? Why did Sanchez store methane, oxygen, and chloride in a room with an oven? Why doesn't life support have its own separate air partition to make sure they'll stay awake if the rest of the city has a problem? Why is life support centralized instead of having a separate zone for each bubble? These are the questions people are asking. They're not. They're asking, where is the person? And, like, you know, can I keep one of her fingers as a memento when we tear her apart limb from limb? Right. Uh, like Mussolini, uh, when we piano wire him up in the town square and leave him there for three days is it okay if everyone comes out with a broom and just whacks at his uh, at her corpse yeah yes yes it is are we going to be doing like a, a drawing for like uh, gizmo selfies like for your place in line like to you know flash a gang sign or like you know stick your tongue out in front of her body like right. um yeah it seems it seems unlikely the moon the, the moon does seem like they're a sort of a, a hot-headed group if not a tight-neck community so uh, hard to believe. Yeah, so the uh, the Morals Brigade, I assume they were having a meeting at the time. The uh, chloroform hit them. And, <laughs> and so they all fall together, you know, chairs sliding out from under them and vomit on the ground. And they wake up uh, at the same time, you know, looking around like, huh, well, you know, live and let live. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. It's really caused me, it uh, turns out chloroform, like, you know, writes your brain, you know? It's like those guys who go on the ayahuasca trip and it, through it, it, it reroutes all your neurons. It, chloroform did that to them. They have no more desire to enforce mob justice on the moon. Right. Like, why am I holding this club? I don't need this anymore. Yeah, I'm a baker now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this, is, this sort of comes out of nowhere where uh, she, like, gives him a peck on the cheek. And says he he starts going like a woman, and she says relax, it's just a peck on the cheek, it's nothing to get worried about. 
And then I put my hand on the nape of his neck, pulled his head to mine, and kissed him full on the lips. A good long kiss with no ambiguity. When we disengaged, he looked hopefully confused. Now that, that you can get worked up about. God. By that, I assume she means like the radiation sickness she transferred to him or the, the gross like pus that was in her lip blisters from the, you know, <laughs> yes. from the sun uh, on the moon. Bits of her skin hanging on his lips. Uh. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be hanging out with Dale now, Jazz, if you get my drift. Oh, my God. Uh, and and I, I assume... That, yeah. I assume that during the kiss, also, he had eaten, uh, what is that Ukrainian dish where uh, you take a bunch of herring and then you put sauerkraut and beets on top of it? Oh, kind of a national delicious. dish. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I think he was eating that. So, it's like, let me just get, oh, okay, all right, we're going in. All right, there you go. <laughs> and uh, that uh, does bear out later because it does a little uh, chapter break. Um and this was just a, a, you almost made me spit take recently with a joke, but this was a spit take moment with what he says here uh, with, uh, you know, approximately 3% left in the book. I opened and closed my hands a few times. The bandages were off, but both hands were littered with red blisters. I looked like a leper. Or a hooker who gives hand jobs exclusively to lepers. <laughs> Just a uh, sort of a, uh, you know, for a guy who travels in cliche as much as he does, when he when he goes off the rails and thinks of his own comparison, shocking stuff. Yeah, it's not. You should not try it. <laughs> um, I actually have a spit take uh, written for this one. They, they, you know, of course, have the, the dad come in. Mm-hmm. Dad comes in and, you know, like, I'm sorry, dad. Their little moment happens and dad clasped his hands behind his back. My father, your grandfather, had severe depression. He committed suicide when I was eight. Spit take. Wait, what? There's two pages of the book left. Had your grandfather committed suicide? Yeah. Uh, Why is this not the book? I don't. Did that factor in his decision to, you know, relocate to the moon and all this? Like, right? It seems like it would hang over like every aspect of his life. Like, is that how he became more devout? Like, right? And it, she says, "I nodded." A dark corner of our family history. Dad rarely discussed it because he knew I'd be too busy how admiring how hot my boobs are in order to pay attention <laughs> to him discussing his dad killing himself when he was eight. Like, oh, yeah, when that's all you've built a character up to, it's really jarring when you uh, try to introduce something with a little bit of gravity. To, uh, God, I didn't mean it that way. Pathos into it. I know you didn't mean that. Yeah. You're forgiven. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and then she ends this little, um, I don't know what you call this little wrap-up with um, this. I gave him a firm handshake, and we called it a day. Not really. I collapsed into his arms and cried like a child. I don't want to talk about it. So, not an unreliable narrator, just a terrible, childish, idiot narrator. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a, a, a term for this when the narrator does this kind of stuff. Like, No, I think he, he has invented it. Um, a, a weary narrator, I guess. Right. Where they, they sort of just uh, you know negate it uh, immediately after or just you know, introduce something just to make a sarcastic quip about it. Yes, in a very, very stupid and unnecessary way as well. And, 
And so where was the the narrator who says, I don't want to talk about it during all the other bullshit in the book? I would have accepted that cop out for 10 of the other plot points you introduced that weren't important. I mean, the whole condom thing. Like, he gave me a condom. I don't want to talk about it. Good. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, But her her whole reason for this scene, why she's crying here, is because she took half of her million slugs and pretty much outfitted a whole welding workshop with all the gear that was in it when she and her um, pedophile boyfriend blew it up however many years ago. Um, when like, did, when did uh, Lene, Lene, whatever, when did mm-hmm. she deposit the slugs? And yeah. then, so she had the time to outfit a, I mean, I assume that the outfitting of this welding lab um, is, is, you know, a full-time job for five, six, seven days at least. I mean, oh sure. I mean, setting up a, setting up a shop, two specs. It's you know? A, you know, unless she like went to a welder who was closing up and sort of like you know when a restaurant buys out an unsuccessful restaurant and just conveys everything with it. Like I imagine a lot of this material is not something they've got like really stockpiles of on the moon. I think so. she says it was a bakery um, or <laughs> oh, something really? like that. Yeah, uh, I think uh, she says. So, but I outfitted this place, uh, and uh, it's got all the gas. So she bought all this stuff. She was doing acquisition and supply and everything. Um, before she put her plan in motion, obviously. Doing a lot of gizmo texting with her leper, uh, leper-boiled hands, but... Oh, yeah, well, I'm, no, I mean, I assume she did that before that, right? She didn't do it from her hospital uh, bed. So. I, we are left to be ambiguous about okay. that. Okay, <laughs> all right. And her main, uh, her main text is, after the suicide sort of uh, tossed-off thing, is she says, I'd rather be a hard-working par- pauper in Artemis than a rich woman on Earth. This is my home. It's like uh, you, your whole your whole motivation to do the terrorism was to not be a pauper. Like you're incredibly shallow, and that has uh, been emphasized over and over right. again. Um, uh, her dad does say, by the way, um, uh, her lip is quivering, and he's talking to her. I have lived my life by the teaching of Muhammad. He said, "I try to be honest and true." in all my decisions but i have to say jazz you have your head so far up his ass you can see teeth you know that saying that we say all the time around our house (laughs) yeah that was your grandfather's saying by the way (laughs) our grandfather who killed himself when i was eight Um, and then i got so i thought this was hilarious as you were talking about the timeline time the next chapter break time to face the music i waited outside in in googie's door so you were able to tour and furnish the whole, procure the welding shop before the the president of the moon wanted to call you in and and have this discussion. Like, it just it seems like unlikely that she'd be willing to wait that much to to have you face the music for gassing everybody. Right. <laughs> like the guy you procured all the welding equipment from was he like, uh, yeah, this would normally cost a hundred slugs, but since you just gassed me and my family, it's going to be uh you know ten times what it would normally cost. Uh, but I do love the, uh, um, you know, and and you, Tin Man, and you were there and everything, like meeting <laughs> Lena Landvik uh, is outside Nagoogie's door. Yeah. She's hobbling on her crutches. Oh, hi, Jazz. <laughs> She's meeting all the characters. <laughs> I just wished the uh, the bartender, oh, you know, yep. had been Billy. there. Like, yeah, Billy, like, I just came down to tell you no hard feelings, love, <laughs> and I've got a beer for you anytime you want to come in. So everybody in my bar passed out, but that, that's not something we ain't used to in art nails, is it? <laughs> I mates pass out all the time. They got a severe problem. 
In fact, I was polishing a glass at the time and passed out on top of it. It pierced my artery, and I lost quite a lot of blood, I'll tell you that. But I mopped it right up and went back at it, mate. <laughs> yeah. So in your honor, we're going to be renaming the red-headed slot to be the chloroform. Jazz's chloroform. <laughs> you come in and say, give me a slippery nipple and a glad Jazz's chloroform. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, so Lorna, Lorna, Lena, sorry, Lena, hobbles, yeah. hobbles away, and she just says, "Oh, Palacio sold me Sanchez aluminum this morning," which is <laughs> yes. a hilarious sentence. It'll take weeks to work out the paperwork, but we agreed on a price and we're good to go. So I'm glad that the uh, the 16 year old was really able to to hammer out that negotiation with the Brazilian mafia in uh, in a couple of hours over the phone. Yeah, what what time is the uh, walkthrough with the Brazilian mafia through the Sanchez aluminum plant? <laughs> Who does the Brazilian mafia have doing their paperwork for them with this? And I still don't understand how they're able to uh, why they would why they would do this. As a sixteen year old uh, woman on crutches seems like the easiest foe to take out, unless they're <laughs> really oversold themselves from a mafia standpoint. It'll take to, uh, weeks to work out the paperwork and to undo that hell of a weld that you put over our smelter. But uh, we agreed on the price and we're good to go. And it is funny that the 16-year-old is very dismissive of jazz. She's like, uh, why are you, what do you mean I can't hire Sanchez? She saved your life four days ago. And then she's like, uh, jazz is like, well, that wasn't what I had in mind when I came up with the plan. Well, neither was knocking out the whole city. Plans change. And she checks her watch. It's like, all right. <laughs> This is the uh, girl boss we were promised from the beginning. <laughs> she hobbled away. <laughs> uh, I don't understand this line. She seemed taller than before, probably a trick of the light. I didn't understand that either. I don't know if she's just carrying herself differently now that she's like bested the Brazilian mob in negotiations or what. I assume, but it's just terrible writing. Yeah, anyway. terrible writing. Yeah. So she talks to uh, the president, who essentially says... Um, you know, Jazz walks in and she just does the like the feet up on the desk. I know what you have to do. You have to thank me, which is just uh, after all we've been through is very hard to stomach. Especially uh, since, you know, like um, actually I have been ordered and, you know, since I am the supreme commander to just shoot you in the head right now. <laughs> yeah, so I can do you it. You know, I have a gun and, you know, I will get away with it. So yeah. I'm just going to do that and the people will thank me. Rudy's like turned around he's facing the wall like he's not looking (laughs) he would never uh, say anything like that but she says like yeah I've ordered to deport you to Saudi Arabia Um, like people aren't going to be content to come here and build the Zaffo um, you know infrastructure wire if they uh, know that the perpetrator of this thing just got off scot-free which is also a good point Mm -hmm. and uh She essentially says, like, leans back in her chair and is like, but you're not going to deport me. And uh, gives her, like, a speech that's essentially like, ever wonder why that shit doesn't get into town? Because I don't let it. She's like, I'm running the uh, all the smuggling, and I don't let the bad stuff get into town. Which I don't really think was ever something she had, she had clarified or, or said. Uh, no. She was willing to do anything for small amounts of money. Also, um, you know, can we can we shark tank that job as well? Like, what's to stop me from doing the exact same thing that you're right. doing? 
<laughs> There's no, you, do you hold patents on that? Is there any? No, you don't? Then I'm yeah. going to do it myself. Oh, you know one guy who seems like a dweeb in uh, in Kenya? Like, oh, yeah, well, he can right. be replaced, too. Like, we'll arrest him and, and you know, put in our own guys. Yeah, I, wor- I work for that Kenyan company. So like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she says uh, in uh, within the year we're going to have 10,000 people here, which I don't believe that's possible to ratchet up the uh, population by five times in a year anyway. But, uh, yeah, so you're probably going to want to have uh, um, more people doing the smuggling since there's going to be a lot more stuff that you're going to want. I don't know. Or you could just maybe take the moon into the uh, like uh, post-prohibition America level of of trade and commerce, where you're like just allowing these things that people want onto this onto the moon and taxing them to compete with your growing economy. Yeah, I mean this this whole uh, gambit of hers struck me as uh, again I'm, I've got all the highbrow references this uh, this time around. Struck me as like Joe Dirt going into an office <laughs> and being like. <laughs> I'm going to tell you how it's going to go down. I'm going to be... And then him, you know, cut to him being thrown out a window. Yeah. Just smashing to, on the street with glass in his face. Yeah. Joe Dirt in a in a burqa in Saudi Arabia being like, well, that didn't go as planned. Right. <laughs> it's an immediate smash. Cut. Oh, man. That's, yeah. It's, so that's, that's her whole thing. She says, more people means more demand for contraband. Thousands of people who might want drugs, shitloads of money flying around, which means more crime. These criminals will want guns. They'll try to sneak them through. What kind of city do you want artist to, Artemis to be? And then the uh, president's response is, she pinched her chin. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. So, oh, man, it's, <laughs> it's I, hard to uh, take. I searched uh, chin pinching, by the way, the five Ooh. of them. Wow. All in the same context. Of not, there was nothing, considering nobody, something? Yeah, not like I walked up to the adorable child and pinched its chin. No, it's always he or she or I pinched my chin, meaning oh my God. I am in thought. <laughs> terrible, terrible writing. Uh, did a meme contest on the Patreon and someone submitted one that I don't, I don't recognize the character, but it's someone who is saying... God damn it, Jazz, you cost the moon millions in property damage, nearly murdered all our citizens, indebted a 16-year-old to the mob, act like you're the victim, and didn't use the condom. Enjoy your promotion. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that's essentially what happened. She says, like, uh, um, you're going to be allowed to stay here and not get deported, but all I'm asking is, like, I want the other half of your fee. She wants uh, 550,000 slugs. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, in order to fund some nonsense or other, like she gives her the whole talk that we had in real or fanfic last time that was like, here's the economy, like blah, blah, blah. And, you know, to make a baby, someone's got to get fucked. And so yes. she, needs, she needs this as like taxes or something like that. Um, and uh, Jazz says, I didn't want to spend any more time inside the mind of an economist. It was dark and disturbing, almost as bad as the mind of a middle aged flat cat guy. <laughs> <laughs> um. I uh, before that when she's uh, giving her proposal, the uh, Naguji or whatever says she thought about this for an uncomfortably long time. Oh God! I was just like, you've been specific in the past. Why not now? I want the actual. <laughs> I mean, one man's discomfortably long time, right? Like, yeah, how long on was moon it? gravity, who's to say what the <laughs> difference in in comfort with silences is? Was it uh, eleven seconds? Was it? 
three and a half minutes? <laughs> like, you know, get up and kind of look at the tchotchkes in the office amount of time? Like, how how how, how much was it? Has Weir done the, the specific amount of time? Or are you just saying, you've done this before, referring he, to our collective authors? Uh, kind of both. I think okay. he did it once before where someone, you know, stared at someone for a minute or something. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. We, uh... We had something in the, the movie we just did at Rift Tracks where two guys are walking and then they, you know, their their lines weren't enough to get them where they needed to be, so they walked for maybe like eight seconds of screen time uh, to get to a desk, and it reminded me of the original of that genre, which is yes. the uh, Wade Watts walking with the guy for several <laughs> minutes. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so the book proper, I think, is is over. It's, well, they go to the bar. That's where it closes out. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she she walks out to Hartnell's pub and says, I wasn't the most popular gal around town. I got some dirty looks in the hallway, but no one even sort of like does the, uh, you know, the jock move, like where they like, you know, lunge at her in the hall, but don't really hit her type of thing. You'd think she'd get at least a few of those. Oh, I forgot. She, yes, I, d- I actually forgot that she went. I thought she just saw Dale somewhere, but it is in the bar. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. So we do see Billy. Yeah. And um, he raises a glass in the air. He says, hey, it's, uh, you can do it. He says, hey, it's jazz. So do say that. Hey, it's jazz. Suddenly everyone, quote, passed out. Each patron tried to outdo the others with a ridiculous display of being unconscious. Some lulled their tongues. Others snored with a comedic whistle on the exhale. And a few lay spread eagle on the floor. Har, har, I said. Uh, no one did the impression of like one pretended to be the infant and one like, you know, sobbed and lay on him like the mother. Like that would have been a nice touch. Yes, exactly. Did, how, did, did it make people like, you know, crap their pants or anything? Like, did anyone replicate that? Like someone must have done that. Some, something like that. Oh, that's for that, That's that guy in back. I never learned his name, but he's crapping himself right now. <laughs> that's unrelated to the little prank we're doing on you, Jazz. That just tends to happen to him from time to time. Oh, he does give the. I see. I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't note this down. I I was uh, fictionalizing it earlier, but it actually <laughs> happens. I only forgave you because I thought I was going to die. But yeah, no take backs. Billy put a fresh frosty beer in. Fr- oh, Billy put a fresh frosty beer in front. <laughs> yeah, quotes ended there. The, the customers took a vote. Okay. Yeah, they took a vote and decided that uh, the round's on you. So she's going to be spending what few slugs she has remaining to buy uh, buy out all the uh, other bar flies their their beers here to um, w- win their favor back. Wow! So it really is like uh, you know the old show Police Squad. You know, at the end, everyone throwing up a throwing their heads back and laughing. <laughs> well, we sure did <laughs> almost, almost wreck the die. city, yeah. but now all is well. <laughs> Freeze frame on. Uh, but the way it ends is with uh there he's she's talking to dale and he's like i guess we're going to be doing this more often right um and she says uh hey uh tyler wants to hang out as well again too your ex maybe we can do that and you know what bring that svoboda guy and he says why would i bring him you two are clearly an item right he's clearly crazy about you and you seemed a little no i mean it's not like that oh you're just friends then uh dale smirked I see. We drank quietly for a moment. Then he said, you're totally going to bang that guy. It's like, you're gonna, what are you going to do with your, your hands, Mother Teresa, with treating the lepers, huh? 
<laughs> and then it says, I mean, this is, this is this is how the book ends. Oh, shut up. A thousand slugs say you two get freaky within a month. <laughs> I glared at him. He glared back. Well, he said, I finished off my pint. No bet. Ha! Yep. The end. Ha. <laughs> As last lines go, uh, that's pretty good. I they're mean, talk- there is there is an email, of course. There is an email, but they're talking about the guy who gave him the condom banging, and they, they, they don't even address that. That's how sloppy and and stupid that whole subplot was. Yep. And uh, was the Svoboda thing earned in any way? I mean, you know, he, he was, was like of- this weird man child running around, like just saying stupid shit and. Yeah, yeah, cousin cousin Balky was what we what we came up yeah. with. Yeah. Um but, uh, no, I I think there was a little bit of uh teasing at it where it's like I uh he didn't brush my hair out of his face or something or like I, you know, you know, gave him a little, you know, hug that he held a little too close or something, but no, it wasn't earned at all. She didn't were seem to be Were we to supposed either. to be uh uh we were supposed to be fretting about whether she would end up with Rudy or or Svobo? Is that <laughs> It, it, is that what the take? Because she was all hot and bothered for Rudy. Yeah, I don't know. It's you know nothing's earned. He didn't use the condom, so what's even the point of wondering about his motivations? Yeah, he uh, slipped in that pipe thing. That, that's what's so stupid. Like the pipe is introduced and then used immediately. Yet the condom languishes. Yeah, terrible, terrible. <laughs> um, and yeah, it ends with an email, and the email is for the most part her writing to Kelvin. She says, uh, um, track down Jin Chu because he's about to, like, you know, whatever company he works for is about to make a ton of money on the moon manufacturing fiber optic cables. So we've got to invest in them now as an insider trading scam. Like, this this is an opportunity of a lifetime. This company is about to make millions. Like, Martha Stewart, here we come. <laughs> End of book. If that's how it ends. A, uh, an insider trading uh, thing that's going to allow Calvin's pregnant sister to finally go to college or something. Uh, and this is again, this is the uh, woman we're supposed to like, right? She's she's doing insider trading, is yes, uh... right? Yeah, she's learned her lesson. She'd rather be a pauper on the moon, as she said. But uh, hey, the first opportunity to violate international law to make billions, she's going to take it. Mm-hmm. Well done. Whew. Well, yeah. okay, Whew. we made it. Ah oh, man, let's wow. uh, let, let's look at a tier because I've got some thoughts here. I was making bold claims to Lauren about this one. I think this is bottom five, easily bottom five. <laughs> this is one. Yeah, I might go lower. I, I yeah. I'll have to. You, you want to run down the books really quick, and I'll tell you whether it's higher or lower. Sure. Do uh, you have them there? Yeah. Uh, Ready Player One. Uh, lower. Lower, definitely lower. Armada. Uh, lower, lower. Yeah, I have Argon, of course, lower. lower. Tech War, definitely lower. Definitely lower. Sixty-four squares. I mean, you know, uh, you have to take into account the setting. You know, this guy's last book had been made into an Oscar-nominated movie. The world was his oyster. He could do whatever he wanted in the publishing world. A position one percent of one percent of all authors ever find themselves in. I'm thinking back uh, to at least there were moments of joy of yeah. reading, reading things where I was so happy. Like, this is going to be fun to talk about. Uh, lower. Okay. Uh, Bob Honey. Uh, I mean, I guess, to be honest, I have to put it a little okay. higher. Okay. 
Yeah, this one was easier to read, you know, yeah. less uh, loathsome, I guess. The yeah. Mister, definitely lower. Lower. Trucking Through Time, of course. Way, lower. way, way lower. <laughs> Digital Fortress, much lower. Lower. Lair of the White Worm. Uh, lower. That had, I, there were things about that I quite enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, Shadow Moon. Ooh. Equal? Lateral move? I don't know. That Shadow Moon was longer. Longer and, yeah, denser. So I, that has to factor into it. I All felt right, like I'll I, put my bitterness aside and say that that, that, that was lower than this. Shadow yes, Moon is, yeah. Okay. I agree. That's two books lower. I, that, that one was the only time I've worried about having fun stuff to talk about on here. Yes. My Immortal, definitely lower. Although lower. the protagonists are sort of the, you could imagine um, uh, Jazz Raven. doing that sort of like, um, I'm oh, Goff, yeah. you know, like I'm a, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Moon People, um, lower. Oh, lower. Yeah, it's definitely the worst moon book we've done. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Midnight Sun, the Twilight book. Again, a, a, a tough one. So long. Yeah. So devoid of joy. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, I don't know. Lateral yeah. move. Yeah. Ready Player Two, I still think it's worse. I think this is worse than Ready This Player is worse, Two. yeah. I think that the ticks of Wade Watts, you know, naming pop culture stuff, to me is... Is is less annoying than the uh, than the sciencing the shit out of stuff. That's true. I think so. I don't know. Uh, the quilters push back. Oh, far far lower. Yeah. Lower uh, model land. Oh boy, ah, yeah, you're right. I forgot about that one. Oh, uh, I'd say this is model land is better. Um, it's long, yeah. but at least they went for something, you know. That's true. Yeah, I think I think in terms of quality, this is lower for sure. Yeah. Uh, Irene Idsley. Uh, this, this is lower than that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, Antigua, of course, lower. Yeah. Um, Gump and Company, lower, you know. Lower. They're, they, they are cut from similar cloth. Yeah. Bad humor, an artist who could do whatever he wanted to, probably. There could be a, a lot of sayings between the two that are shared, you know, yeah. that, that uh, Russell Athletic short football coach crap that they're dishing yeah, out. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So the, another lateral move. Uh, super Constitution. Uh, I mean, what do you uh, say about that one? Uh, <laughs> the joy from some parts of it. Oh, uh, this had fewer moments of joy. I'm going to put this lower than that. Okay, <laughs> that's a stunner. Uh, I agree, though. Uh, Christmas River, lower. Oh, way lower. Edison's Conquest of Mars, lower. Lower. So that is two books that are definitely worse than this and two that are lateral moves. So yeah, not an exaggeration to say bottom five, potentially bottom three. Wow. <laughs> I hope that uh, Andy Weir hears this somehow. <laughs> knows that his book on a bad book podcast <laughs> is at the very, very bottom of a pretty long <laughs> list. Oh, maybe it, would, it might break him. I don't know. I'd oh. like to. I'd like to know some of the answers to some of the questions, though. You know, like what do you, what do you have to say about the condom? What, what is the relationship with the person? Why did you introduce, you know, d- devout Muslims into the mix? Like the pedophile. Why? Why? Why the uh, her grandfather's suicide that obviously <laughs> shaped her father, who shaped her? Why is that brought up? <laughs> on page 175 or whatever yeah. the hell it is. Two pages before an entire bar Pat pretends to pass out to get free drinks. Right. Um, well, I mean, so that, that's the uh, 
there's the the latest rankings. I think uh, I, based on people's responses, I think people would be hard pressed to disagree. Um, maybe some minor quibbling, but I don't think anyone thought that this was good, um, except for the the one guy. Let's read some emails. We're going to the party. We're going to the game. We're going to the dinner. Ain't gonna cruise out, man. We're stealing people's mail. All right, here's our emails. We've got a ton this uh, week, so we'll have to do a separate uh, thing for a lot of them. But we'll just read some of the choice ones, um, including some of the, uh, the defense of Andy Weir. But here, first, this one's from Mike. I just thought it was a nice little contrast to start it off with. I was listening to Rachmaninoff Piano Concerto Number no. 2. Mm, the I, Rock 2, certainly. As I was reading the end of Artemis. Never has the contrast between sublime genius and ham-fisted hackery been more painfully apparent. <laughs> the rock slid from the haunting melody in the second movement to the majestic third just as Artemis ended with a thud. I wasn't clouding on all the fluff at the end of the book, so I was definitely surprised when it well ended, if you can call that. Oh my God, what an utter piece of garbage this book is. I look forward to hearing your evisceration laying out all the crimes against good fiction it commits. That's a nice... nice. Uh, comparison you're familiar with that one i am very familiar i think i was listening to it two days ago wow um i yes i had that note and we've used that before uh, the analogy but he really did crash this book into a tree and leave it smoking you know Mm -hmm. the engine on fire and just walked away (laughs) a a lame little wrap-up but yeah for sure we talked about it with the Nulty book, but you said your publisher gave you a specific word count you needed to hit. Yeah. And so, yeah, you could imagine that could be what the final email accomplished or something. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, this is from Lucas. This is your update. Another book, another slate of fan fiction. Not much to report. Mike performed somewhat poorly in the first episode with a two out of five but then batted a steady three out of five for the next three episodes. <laughs> Mike getting the same score three times in a row is very rare. So this book has that going for it. In the end, Mike scored 11 out of 20 for a slightly below oh. average 55%. His new overall average is 60.82%. <laughs> so that's substantially better than a coin flip, I'd say. Oh, it's not a good batting average. <laughs> um. This is uh, from Stephen. This is good. This is going to be something I have to uh, post. But he says, uh, this was my wife's idea, and it kind of snowballed. Her thought was to do this. His wife is Kayla. His, uh, her thought was to do this for Artemis meme contest, but it turned into this. I've scrubbed the book titles from them in case you want to try and guess, but the numbers correspond to them. And uh, what, what they did was do the Andy Rooney game for the first uh, and last books of every single book we've read. Oh, wow. Yeah. They've, they made images of them with Andy Rooney uh, announcing the first last word and then a reaction image uh, of every book we've done. So this is wow. uh, book, book 20. Uh, let me just say, everybody makes mistakes, which is why they put a rubber mat around spittoons. You know what I mean? <laughs> so there's a whole gallery of 25 images uh, of Andy Rooney doing these things, and some of them are really great. Just they uh, they went and found different images of Andy Rooney every single time for these, which wow. is a uh, heck of a uh, heck of a commitment. And he did uh, his shtick for whoa, god, like forty years. Yeah, you could see him aging in some of these. Yeah, it's amazing. Nice. So it's uh, yeah, it's great. I'm going to post them uh, when for the on the feeds. Um, one second, I've got a. Uh, 
Okay, well, I'll read one of these uh, emails about how I got the science wrong. Okay. Uh, this is from uh, Philip. I have a decade of chemistry experience, so I wanted to run the numbers on 15,000 ppm of chloroform. The map in the front of the book shows the large bubbles are about 200 meters across. Back of the napkin math says Artemis has about 16.8 billion liters of oxygen inside. If we assume the smelter meltdown perfectly reacted to chlorine and methane, there would be three reactions to get chloroform. First reaction, we get chloromethane and hydrochloride gas. Second reaction, we get dichloromethane and hydrogen chloride gas. Third reaction gives us chloroform and the hydrogen chloride gas. You might notice there is a lot of hydrogen chloride gas being formed. When it contracts moisture like your eyes and lungs, it forms hydrochloric acid. If they had 15,000 ppm of chloroform in the air, then they also had 17,000 ppm of hydrochloric acid in the air. The hour of exposure the population experienced would have caused quite a bit of lung damage, edema, and bronchitis in anyone who survived. But chemical warfare isn't all. The hydrochloric acid would react with all the aluminum, which would reach in the weaken the structure and create 100 million liters of hydrogen gas. Any spark would cause hydrogen to react with oxygen and blow up. If the holes can could contain the explosion, then everyone inside would rupture lots of organs as the oxygen would be mostly consumed. So she's pretty lucky no one died. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the whole uh, domes would have gone Hindenburg on us? Oh, the yes. humanity? Yes. So that's a uh, just a nice thing that is, I don't know. He, he's, he had too many uh, advisors about how women talk and not enough science ones, I guess. Right, yeah. He, just, uh, he, he really nailed that character, but he dropped the ball. I did not expect that. I thought it would be the opposite. <laughs> uh, and here's one that is um, sort of uh, goes along with that one because this is from Sean and it was I think the one uh, I think it said in defense of Artemis or defense of Andy Weir so that's the uh, that's how this one starts uh, okay uh, shocking shocking subject line uh, to begin with but he says I've been listening to your podcast and I'm a Patreon subscriber I really feel like you're missing the point with Andy Weir while many of your complaints, the fact that everyone has the same juvenile sense of humor being a notable one, are very much on point, your complaints about the boring descriptions of welding and the repetition on the differences that exist on the moon are classic examples of bugs, not features. And he says, I did feel a twinge of Klein when I wrote classic. Uh, one of the reasons why The Martian was so beloved, even though it still suffers from the same juvenile humor you have found here. So that people are admitting it here. That that's Wow. Okay. In, in a defense of email, uh, is the story is one of competence porn. Weir has said in interviews uh, that he wrote The Martian as a serial where he would have a problem, create a solution, and then see what problems that solution created. So that's like the Batman ones we've done. That's sort of how all those classic serials mm -hmm. work. But uh, when reading the book, one certainly gets that episodic feel from it. The audience, uh, which he was reading for writing for almost in real time, wanted to hear about the science about what specifically would make one material suitable and a different material not. The pop culture references were lightly sprinkled through, so you don't need a very high tolerance if that's not your sense of humor. In Artemis, he swung the needle towards increasing the references, probably urged on by the success of Ready Player One, but the description of the moon's gravity and how that would have an effect on pretty much everything is not accidental. That's what his core audience wants. It is unfortunate that he does miss a lot of the implications uh, as we raised last week, the fact that Jazz would not be able to perform these superhuman feats that would be reserved for the tourists. But then he says, in many ways, your criticism of these parts of the book feels like going onto a YouTube ASMR channel and making fun of them for speaking quietly. 
Yes, it is too quiet for a lot of people, and many people find it annoying, but if it wasn't doing that, what would be the point? Wait a minute. Why is he assuming I'm not the audience? (laughs) He put out a book, right? Yes. It doesn't say on the front, please do not read this like, uh, uh, like Denise did. Uh, please, uh, only if you're under the age of six, sure, read right, this. Yeah. Is that supposed uh, to be stamped on the cover? It, uh, 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 warning, uh, long, incredibly boring descriptions of gravity that will be repeated <laughs> endlessly. If you are not into these, do not read. That are occasionally inaccurate, as seen in previous email. I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's important to have the dissenting views chime in and say when they don't feel we're doing something right. But to his analogy... I think you could go to a uh, you could go to a, a shitty ASMR channel where it's like a you know uh, someone who's not good at it and doesn't really understand what they're doing and be like this is not good ASMR even if I'm not the target audience for ASMR I can still see that and yes. that's more about what you're uh, what you're doing here like and if this is you know if this is what the audience wants is you know sort of that Neil deGrasse Tyson like here's why this wouldn't work thing. Um, or here's why the science would affect this differently. I think someone could do a much better job of that um, in terms of holding your interest as he describes the welding. Um, this feels like a your... slightly, slightly more sophisticated version of, um, yeah, but they, uh, you know, with movie, movie, defense of terrible movie making. Like, mm-hmm. hey, man, they got out there and they did it. And, right. you know, just uh, turn your brain off and enjoy the ride. Uh, you know, this isn't for you. This is for people who like really horrible stuff. <laughs> like, that's not a defense of me. You didn't mean for it to be horrible. Just just sure. like our, our meal analogy. You don't go to a restaurant and then someone serves you, like, you know, steamy manure. And you go, well, they tried, you know. Really I'm, tried. I'm, going, I'm going to choke it all down and, and I'm going to say I loved it. Like, mm-hmm. no, they're writing a book. I'm going yeah. to judge it as a book. I'm not going to... Say, oh, it, it's not for me, or you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, and I always, you know, when when people are saying like you're not in the audience for for this or you know a, a Transformers movie, I'm like, I, I think I am. Like, I think that they, <laughs> yes. I think that they look at the thing and they're like, a, 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 a white man in in his 30s to 40s, like that's exactly who we want reading this book. And so if you're saying like you have to start parsing it more than that, like must enjoy slop like sure i'm not in that audience but like i don't think those people would consider themselves that either i just think you could be in a target audience and want something done better than it is and i don't think anyone thinks this guy did this particularly well no i think it's uh i i I stand by what we've said (laughs) we've we've made our case it is terrible humor we've even learned that the science is bad i mean i don't know i i I will let others debate that but Uh, if he can't even do deliver the science, then then he's really, really, really screwing it up. <laughs> well, this one is uh, is is this will probably be the last one we read. We can do more emails later, but this is the, a nice contrast to that one. This is from Hayden, who said that he uh, he ran into an Andy Weir fan in the wild because there were, we did a meme contest. Hayden's and Hayden posted his entry on Imager, which you can see. I guess he posted it publicly, mm-hmm. and so uh, the, his meme is. There's a uh, a Terminator. Uh, it's a it's like a clip art cartoon thing. This Terminator is approaching a uh, sobbing anime girl who's hiding under a desk, and he's, the Terminator is holding a big gun. And it says "Morals Brigade" and "No Age of Consent Laws" on the girl. So like it's you know it's, it's a it's a you know it's a pretty standard meme format. You all get that. And then some uh, some guy in the comments posted like a skeptical looking 
uh, cinnamon toast crunch piece. I can't make out what he says, but he's like, you know, what are you talking about? And the, our, our listener replied, it's for a meme contest on Andy Weir's book, Artemis, the bad book co- podcast. 372 pages we'll never get back has one for each book. And then the uh, skeptic says, I can't imagine any scenario where an age of content issue would be a topic in an Andy Weir novel. He's such a great author, and I doubt very much he would condone this. You should consider maybe submitted something else, perhaps literally anything else. Oh, oh and our guy said, I, I would encourage you to read his novel, Artemis, which is maybe the only time someone has uttered those words in, uh, <laughs> in that order, but to encourage someone to uh, not defend their, uh, their pedophile meme. Wow. So that's nice. That's a good note to, uh, I guess we have dumb sentences, but that's a good note to end the emails on. Let's do those sentences so we can end this. A sentence begins with a capital letter. A capital letter is a letter that's big. A capital letter is not a small letter. A capital letter is big, big. All right, big. here are the final a dumb sentence sentences of Artemis. Uh, Justin submitted time for some Rudy Gizmo magic. <laughs> Claire, on the same note, submitted, but Rudy's gizmo opens any door in town. Uh, Elliot submitted, I wanted to chew that bitch's eyes out and shove them up her urethra. And Elliot added, I wonder which of these six women he consulted to tackle the challenge of writing a female narrator okayed this sentence. Maybe his girlfriend, Ashley, or his mom, Janet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Chap submitted, I'll defecate in your suit. And said, I'm pretty sure Lauren Bacall said that to Lionel Barrymore in Key Largo. <laughs> Scott also submitted that and said, I wanted to add, said the robot pimp disdainfully. <laughs> uh, Ryan submitted, uh, I wheezed harder and harder and my throat st- swelled up, still pissed off about the recent strangula- strangulation. And he said he realized it six times before realizing it's not Jazz who's pissed off, it's specifically her throat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hayden submitted the writing was in Vietnamese but I got the general idea and then Hayden submitted uh, what Vietnamese writing looks like I'll send it to you right now okay uh, so that is what oh, Vietnamese, yes. Vietnamese yeah. writing for emergency air system and actuation valve would look like uh, yes. lots of characters and like diacritical marks that you can't make any sense of mm-hmm. uh, and words that do not look like their English counterparts uh, hey, Thong, Kong, Ki, Kong, Kap, Von, Trin, Dong. Obviously not pronounced correctly, but that's what uh, that's how he was able to. Uh, mm-hmm. Are you getting the general idea? He wonders. <laughs> uh, Harrison submitted. <laughs> Plus, it's easy to carry an unconscious person in our gravity, said two people who have been on the moon their entire lives. Always good to remind people where you currently are. Jeffrey submitted. I say hospital like because Artemis doesn't have a hospital. And he goes, no, no, no. You have a permanent population of 2,000 living in a hot tourist destination with several high-class hotels, restaurants, and presumably bordellos. This popular tourist destination is excluded from any hope of making it back to Earth in anything other than a casket. You have a hospital, you absolute knob. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Harris submitted uh, unconscious Vietnamese guys lay everywhere. That was one of mine, too. Mike submitted, this is about Sanchez, when she's like saying her defecate in your suit kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one I didn't notice. She grumbled to herself, but didn't press the issue. And he said, are we actually to believe she made a hamburger sounds into her radio without it being directed toward any of the people listening? If for no other reason, I wish this had been made into a movie. <laughs> uh, Craig submitted, 
uh, I, f- I forget what this is talking about. We'll give them 100 kilograms each for their bodies and luggage. And he said, so 100 kilograms is 220 pounds. It struck me as conservative, but a not too unreasonable estimate for the mass of a passenger. Uh, by hauling, uh, But hauling 100 kilograms of luggage on the trip to and from the moon seems like a lot. Are they taking old-timey steamer trunks like they used to take on the Titanic? Uh, Janelle submitted... Or a hooker who gave hand jobs exclusively to lepers. Thank you for making me say that again. Chris submitted Alvarez had too many hands, and uh, he, that he says that ends in an exclamation point. So it brings me back to happier times in Antigua. It made it made me imagine Charlie E. the octopus grappling with jazz. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, Andrew submitted as I left the office. It struck me a blunt object in the back of my head. And John submitted, if you're worried about my breather, if you're, oh, sorry, if you're wondering about my breather mask, no, it wouldn't help in a vacuum. And he said, I wasn't, Jazz. I really, <laughs> I really wasn't. Uh, my uh, other one was just, thank God, Vietnamese uses the superset of the English alphabet. And that's, uh, that's it for me. Mine were all burnt because, of course, I wanted the uh, I'll defecated your suit and Vietnamese guys and all of that. So <laughs> all burnt. Wow. Well, a lot of dumb sentences, but uh, a, a journey I'm glad we took. I'm glad we took it, and I'm glad it's over. <laughs> uh, well, thanks, everybody, who supported us along the way on Patreon. Uh, Patreon, we got a new a little uh, bonus thing where you're trying to solve uh, Encyclopedia Brown mysteries I read to you, and that was fun. Oh, I forgot. I have one more thing for the string board, and then we can end. Yeah. Uh, it is. Um, I, it was recommended to me because uh, I had listened to my my son had just gone to see uh, Loudon Wainwright the Third is still wow. there, touring, and he has a a new album or a newish song called uh, Just Like Buster Keaton. Wow! Uh, and uh, so I thought, oh, Ar- an Artemis reference clearly, sure. and the opening line is. Uh, with my flat cap and my something something blah blah blah, I feel just like Buster Keaton. My God! So what's going on, people? Solve that mystery and get back to us, please. Truman showed, yeah. Please weigh in. So there's a chance that that song, you know, becomes really big in 2062, like it gets featured in a, you know, TikTok, and so that's why everybody who knows who Buster Keaton is on the moon, right? There you go. It's all coming around now, people. Nice. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for thank going you, everyone. on the journey with us. So and Patreon long. especially. Thank you very much. Um, see you next time.